I'm sure most of you know that YouTube has given Steven Crowder a warning, which is like a it's, a, it's a warning. They don't shut you down, but they take your content down. They then gave him a strike. They then gave him another warning on his other channel, Crowder Bits. They then gave him a second strike on his main channel, and then they gave him a strike on a second channel. This is serious. And uh, for anybody listening who's not, not familiar, Crowder is a massive personality. He's a conservative comedian. He does news commentary, cultural commentary, and... For the longest time we saw censorship happening, it was targeting, it was targeting the fringes, so, or so many people said. But as you can see, as time goes on, the fringe keeps changing. The hit pieces keep coming, and they just keep coming for the next, the next person. Closer and closer towards, you know, the center. And then eventually everyone gets censored. We even see many anti-war leftists getting censored as well. Well, Crowder is fighting back, filing a lawsuit, or at least he's announcing he will be filing a lawsuit and an injunction against YouTube. And it's really interesting. We're going to go through what they're talking about, why they're doing it. I think this is extremely important because, well, once Crowder goes, then who's next on the chopping block? Channels like ours. See, before they started going after Crowder, they were going after other channels as well, people like Alex Jones. And we all knew it's only a matter of time before they would make their move and slowly just get rid of more and more content creators, more and more channels. So we definitely need to talk about this and make sure we're keeping this at the forefront because this is going to be really, really important. And uh, I'll say it too, you know, uh, we obviously want Crowder to be able to continue continue doing his work, and there's also a bit of self preservation in there. It's it's a it's I know what happens to us the moment Crowder's out of the picture. They're going to keep moving down the line. We can't have that happen. So we'll talk about that. We got a bunch of other news too. There's a huge Supreme Court decision, nine to zero. Like even the liberal justices agreed, cops can't use caretaking as an excuse to go in your house and take your guns without a warrant. So we'll we'll get into that. We also got police reform in the Minneapolis area. The Black Lives Matter activists have won, and now they're going to be creating an unarmed traffic enforcement division, which I can only assume will be like, I, I want to say like a Benny Hill movie, but with more violence and, and, and injury, and it, it really does worry me. So we're going, to get, we're going to get into this, and joining us today is the digital editor from Recoil Magazine, Forrest Cooper. Thanks for hanging out, man. Hey, Tim. Do you want to just give a quick introduction for... Yeah, no, I'll do that. My name is Forrest. What are you Cooper. wearing? I, I, am, I am showing off some of the stuff that we work on in our magazine. But now for reality, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told him to wear it. Everybody, he did. Uh, it was uh, it was it was forced. forced. You had it. You know, I was like I was like, hey, put that on. Yeah, put that on. Night right? vision goggles. Yeah, night vision. Right. So it's uh, that kind of. If you want to understand a little bit about Recoil Magazine, we like to be edgy in that fashion, looking at new products. What's really coming out? So instead of it just being about whether a firearm, war, you know, how the, evaluating a firearm, we talk about culture. We talk about night vision, how to do it, and so <clears throat> it's it's really about education and aspiration. You gun stuff. Gun stuff. Gun and, stuff. Yep. The core idea being <laughs> culture leads policy. You change culture by going out and doing stuff. Speaking of Steven Crowder, the other day we uh, – so on Saturday I went and actually I finally got the SIG M400 that Crowder had sent to me. Thank you very much, Steven. It's, it's, and we took it out to the range in West Virginia. And everyone was super impressed with it. So we had, we had a great time. So, you know, Forrest and I and, and a few others went out. We fired a bunch of guns. And we also brought out the Barrett M82A1 and uh, tried to bluff the gong, but we weren't able to do it. But it was it, it was fun firing that. So that's what we did yesterday. Yep. And, and again, the, 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 the weapon from, from Crowder was incredible. Everybody was super impressed with it. I was super impressed with it. R- really grateful for, for getting that. So, again, we're going to talk about the censorship stuff. We got Ian East chilling. What's up, everybody? Ian Crossland. Good to be here. You got me in the corner pushing buttons. I'm Sarah Patch Lids. 
Before we get started with the show, go to TimCast.com, click the big members only button, and you can sign up to become a member. You can do it through Stripe or PayPal. See, we're, we're, we're building up the site. We're making it better because we know many people have asked. But this site exists because the fear of censorship was very real. And I realized if I didn't start setting something up that would exist outside of YouTube, I got all my eggs in one basket. And, you know, we can get banned the same as Crowder can. So just like Crowder has the Mug Club, which you guys should definitely check out and support him considering what they're going through and how important this lawsuit is. We have TimCast.com where you can join us as well. And when you do, you get access to the members area, a ton of exclusive members only podcast segments and full episodes. It's really, really great. We were hanging out with Robbie Starbuck last week talking about neocon rhinos threatening to quit the Republican Party. And he, he made a really good point that the tumor is excising itself. Oh, we're so upset about it. So definitely become a member. Just be there because in the event that we get a strike, look, even one strike, if we say something wrong at any moment, we don't know what. We can't produce any content on any channel for a week. Same thing is happening to Crowder right now. They got him out for two weeks. So in the event that, uh, in the event that happens, you can find us at TimCast.com. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Give us a good review and uh, you know take the URL on YouTube and, and share it around. It really, really does help, especially considering this is the big fight, everybody. Let's talk about this first story right here. Louderwithcrowder.com. Officially suing YouTube, Steven Crowder initiates legal action against YouTube. From Crowder's website, they report last week, Louder with Crowder LLC through its lawyer gave a legal notice to YouTube of the intent to file a lawsuit and seek an injunction. They go on to mention they have a video available on their website. Last fall, after the Vox adpocalypse, YouTube remonetized Crowder's channel. They said we had a record breaking election live stream in November and incredibly successful streams thereafter. If there ever was a target painted on our backs, it was then. Once we hit the new year and a new president ascended, the landscape of social media shifted in favor of the left. Democrats took control of the presidency and now have control of both house, houses of Congress. As such, YouTube and other big tech platforms feel emboldened with very few lawmakers standing in the way. He says, in 2021, YouTube hit them with a warning of a strike over election content, then issued the first hard strike. The first strike was related to a COVID policy in their March 18th video of the one-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve. The studio is familiar with YouTube's policies on COVID. So I'll just give you the, the, the gist of it. And, and I went over this the first time they gave him a strike. Crowder did not break any rules in this capacity. And I got, I got really angry because I get this email from Google when this is going down, like well in advance of any of the censorship, straight up saying, here are the exact conditions you must meet to violate this policy. And I said, that's easy. They said, you can't say two specific things together, which obviously I can't say because YouTube will take us down if I do, even, even if I explain it. That's the way this works. Their algorithms don't understand the difference between explaining something and it's, it's all the same to them. Crowder never said that there was widespread fraud. Crowder never mentioned about, you know, anything about overturning or anything like that. They gave him a strike, which is bunk. The next one, the second one is the craziest. Apparently, they're claiming that Crowder and his team were glorifying the death of Micaiah Bryant for agreeing with the police, that the police officers were justified in the shooting. Now, of course, Media Matter says that they were mocking, you know, uh, the woman. I, I, I don't see that as still violating the policies, which says, you know, glorifying or reveling in someone's death. When you're like, hey, this is the law. If you break it, this is what's going to happen. I think YouTube is reaching. As Crowder explains, he says the concern they have is that YouTube is actively looking for violations in their past videos that aren't actually violations in order to issue 
a third hard strike once they're allowed to stream to the platform, which would deplatform them from YouTube. YouTube has a, has a pattern of applying policies and even stretching those policies beyond any reasonable reading of the policy in order to harm channels which take a contrary view of their opinions. We experienced this. We, have a, we, we only ever, have ever gotten a warning, but it was on our episode with Alex Jones. And they claimed that a hyperbolic statement was glorifying violence or something, and they took the, they, they took the full podcast down. And I said, it was, it was a half a second. Can I just snip it out? And they're like, no. They were, they were looking for any possible excuse to take our video down. And I think that's pretty obvious to everybody. So he was going to mention why you should care. No matter what side of the political, political aisle you're on, YouTube isn't encouraging debate. It's trying to squash debate, trying to eradicate ideas from its platform. It simply does not like. One day those ideas are about the election. Then they're about COVID. Now those ideas include applauding an officer for saving a woman's life. When will enough be enough? Well, this is really important, but I got to say, to, uh, to Steven and crew. Obviously, we all care. I think the people who watch this show care about principle and recognize the commies going to have their free speech, the Nazis going to have their free speech, and we're going to be annoyed with them, but we're going to argue, and that's the purpose of free speech. We want our rights protected. And that means people you don't like, are they, they get rights too. The problem is the, ple- the people we're up against I hate to call it left and right because it really doesn't make sense economically or, or even in terms of tr- tradition versus pro- pro- progressivism. It's just zealots who want power, whose ideology is there is no truth but power, and then people who are like, let's have a fair debate, a fair argument over this. So they're suing. They're filing an injunction. And I wonder what precedent could be set. There's a lot, there's a lot of people need to understand, like when you, when we watch James O'Keefe filing these lawsuits against the New York Times and CNN, a lot of people say you can't do it. You can't do it for this, that, and this reason. Oh, it's going to get thrown out. It, you can only do it until you do it. If you keep backing down and saying, I'm just, there's no point in suing because what, oh, what's going to happen? It's going to be a waste of money. Okay, listen, I understand if you don't have the money to file a lawsuit, that's a challenge. But if you just sit there and let these companies do this, there will never be precedent set. So, I'll throw it to you guys. Otherwise, I'm going to keep ranting on the censorship. Uh, you know, Ian, obviously, you, you were talking about just before the show, creating terms of service for minds because you helped put that together. Yeah, honestly, in addition to it being up against, you know, like you said, zealots, people that are just like kind of kind of crazy about p- political correctness and stuff. We're also up against centralization of power and algor- machine learning algorithms that aren't necessarily. And we're seeing the flaws in the system of a centralized service mm-hmm. that's dictating what can and can't be said through a machine algorithm because stuff gets taken out of context. Like you said, you can't explain certain things, even though you're not using it derogatorily. Because the, the, the voice to text thing they do for captions would just show the sentence. It doesn't understand. I'm like, here's exactly what YouTube said I can't say. They'd be like, we see it in the code. Gone. Yeah. You see this also in like the firearms industry or the gun world. So there's there's gun tubers, people who make YouTube videos. You could say Grand Thumb's a big one. Warrior Poet Society's a good one. Um, Hickok 45. Hickok. He's great. <laughs> he's classic. I yeah, that. I love that. I love that <laughs> so, But, I mean, you can the, – the, so the firearms industry actually in some ways – not the industry but the community because culture as well uh, – was some, in somewhat saved by the internet because it allowed people from rural areas because a lot of more firearms ownership in rural areas communicate with one another. And then they started making YouTube channels how so that people could learn how to do things. And it is ironically controversial in the United States right now. <laughs> The, I don't want to use ironically too heavy because it's way too hipster. 
but like it's you. yeah. you're right though. <laughs> yeah, right. No, uh, but it's 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 ironically controversial that a person can have their page taken down because they were teaching somebody how to not hurt themselves. Do you remember when Google banned the word gun? Yes. This was the best thing because uh so you couldn't search for the word or or any combination of the three letters G U N. Yep. So I searched for the anime Gundam. Yep. <laughs> it wouldn't come up. You couldn't buy Japanese action figures. That's how stupid their censorship is. Yeah, like my personal my personal Instagram is at Fox Row Official, and my search page is all Gundams with like <laughs> and motorcycles because it's like you look at my page. I've got guns and motorcycles, but my search history. If you look at the search page, it's, it's all anime. Gundam. It's all anime. An, it's all anime characters. And Why like, are you searching for that? It's just defaulting it. Well, I mean, I did play Final Fantasy VII once. Great game. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. Great game. One of the best. Yeah. The, 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 the remake was good. I, hear. I, I enjoyed the remake. Just yeah, ex- but that's exceptional weird story. Music. Anyway, Google uh, only re- – like a lot of people were – so we went to the range yesterday. We are filming the vlog, and we fired a, the Barrett uh, – what is it? Uh, uh, M82A1. So that's the kind of nomenclature that people use, yeah. And uh, uh, 50 BMG and the and, and Crowder gave uh, – uh, he sent me a year ago huh. a SIG M400. Mm-hmm. And I also got a, a, a SIG uh, tread sight. And uh, it was amazing. It was just really, really great. And we did it all. We did it all safe. I mean, Forrest, you clearly know how to shoot. We're giving instruction. We also had the uh, the instructor on uh, on site. And a lot of people were just like, I, I got asked like ten times, "Are you sure you can do this?" Mm-hmm. Like YouTube will delete your vlog, won't it? And I'm like, I went through the rules. They say as long as you're showing the weapon and shooting it in a range. I mean, obviously there yep. are YouTubers yep. who are still producing, but. I don't know. Maybe we'll get the channel demonetized. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's different types of content you can see people creating. Either it's just like short films. People do that with all the time with air, usually with airsoft guns. But you get the point. Um, but they also do how to like how to disassemble a firearm so you can clean it. So when your cha- your channel your video gets demonetized because you're teaching somebody how to safely clean their firearm. You're getting dinged with something that says you're teaching someone how to as- to manufacture, how to assemble. assemble, right? <laughs> which is which is which is one of those things where like the 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 people who are running the asylum are not the right people, kind of thing. Yeah, it's 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 contradictory. Mm-hmm. When, when it's it's you're watching people perform gun safety, mm-hmm. and so they punish you for it. Yes. So one of the things they said is that uh, you can only show a weapon in appropriate place, like mm-hmm. a gun store or a range. Mm-hmm. You can't just have one in like an office room or something. I guess they'll give you a strike. Sure. You could. So uh, th- there's a, there's a local range out here, mm-hmm. and they have they have rooms that look just like classrooms because they do safety trainings. Yeah, you can't do that. No. No. Absolutely. They'll be like, oh, oh that's not you know. It looks too much like this. So right. We'll take it. It looks away. like a school. Mm. It could be. Yeah. And then you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get dinged. You're going to get censored. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and therein lies the big problem. I love how you said it was ironic because America is – it's a gun country. Mm-hmm. And these massive services, namely YouTube, mm-hmm. will ban your content. And I, and I have to wonder too. There's 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 definitely an overlap here. Obviously, you know Crowder is usually he got. I think he's, what is he? What does he have? The Walter on his he, yeah, on, on, on his desk. He's got a Walther. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, I wonder. I, because I, I, I've always been curious about that. I'm like, dude's got a gun sitting on his desk, mm-hmm. or he, or he's wearing, he's got his holsters, yep. and I'm just like, I, I'm pretty sure there's some, you know, Democrat anti-gun person mm-hmm. sitting at YouTube HQ in Silicon Valley with their finger over the ban button, just like, stupid gun, moron gun, not on you, <laughs> and then they're just waiting. They're waiting, like, like Crowder said, they're looking for something to yes. get him for. Yeah, and I think that's the part where you establish intent. Like the, ob- it is not really about honest dis- disagreement. It's lo- we're looking at intent now. But the bigger question is: 
And I'm glad Crowder is filing legal, legal action. This is a good mm-hmm. thing because, like I said, you, you've got to sue and then make that argument. But they can ban whoever they want, whatever they want. Right, mm-hmm. Ian? According to most terms, I haven't read the YouTube terms. I know Twitter says we can ban you at any time for any or no reason. Mm-hmm. That's, that's intentional. So – it's interesting now that uh, we have we, we we as individuals who operate on these platforms have no legal protections, and it's interesting. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it's our own fault. That's why I set up you know TimCast.com because I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm fairly libertarian. If YouTube's got a company, they don't owe me anything, and it's their platform. If somebody came into my house and started you know like throwing food on the floor, I'd be like, get out. Mm-hmm. Someone came into my house, started screaming a bunch of Nazi stuff. I'd be like, dude, get out. Mm-hmm. Not not going to be having that. The difference is YouTube is, has, has been subsidized by Google. They've monopolized the space. There are platforms mm-hmm. where you can upload videos, but YouTube is absolutely dominated. And now it's kind of the only place where you can run a business. It's a really, really complicated argument. No other service offers monetization in the same way that, that YouTube does. And so, What's this? Or do they? Uh, Recoil is currently building, and we have Recoil TV, which functions similar to YouTube, and we are building a monetization path. It's so. expensive to host these videos, though. We and we do. We actually, we have it. So if you are a firearms man, if you're a firearms content creator, get a hold of us because we'll put you on Recoil TV. It doesn't cost you anything. Oh wow! Yeah, but but how, you guys got to fund that, run ads or something, or we we fund it through the the fact right that on. people like our publication. There you go. Really. But it, it can get really really expensive. So we so in in for instance in the members only section of our website, we mm-hmm. have to pay for that bandwidth, and it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it gets up to tens of thousands of dollars. People don't realize this. Mm-hmm. YouTube's free, so we broadcast right now on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, we get forty k concurrent views. You know, on average during the election. We had like 140 or some on one podcast. That means for the, for the two to three megabits up we're sending out, we're sending out 140,000 two times two megabits, all of that data YouTube's paying for. Yep. And then they take a small percentage of super chats and they take a percentage of, you know, advertisements. Mm-hmm. So, so the issue is they're, they're fronting the costs for all of these things. Mm-hmm. Sh- should we be entitled to the service? And that's where things get challenging. And man, uh, I'm pretty much on the fence, but so long as I'm on the fence in terms of like their business, private company, mm-hmm. but where, where I draw the line is if they've monopolized public discourse, mm-hmm. if they have grown to the, to the size to where they're influencing elections. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a public service. And, I, and that's, a, that's interestingly a more liberal argument. Conservatives never used to have. And I'm like, I think that they've, they've grown and taken over the commons. We don't have town hall discourse anymore mm-hmm. people are coming to this show and and hearing arguments and discussions and commenting it's take it youtube youtube's effectively dominated the space well now they owe they they owe public discourse in which case i think it's extremely dangerous if they're going to start removing people who are setting up maybe uh, who are setting up their businesses maybe a better way to put it is if a private company bought all of the available business space in in, in, in downtown mm-hmm. Yeah, at a certain point, people are going to be like, okay, fine, you can own it, but you can't ban people for selling a product you don't like. Mm-hmm. Like, people can pay you rent, you can set up terms for the property, but we need commerce to exist. Crowder needs to be able to speak. We need to be able to have reasonable discourse. And what the, the problem I see with this is that massive multinational corporations, if they see YouTube get away with this, mm-hmm. they can just start to dominate whatever public space they want, whatever area of the commons they want, mm-hmm. and then just say, but it's a private company, it's ours now. Mm-hmm. Shut everybody out. And then, I don't know what, people get violent. 
Well, on the forefront of that, you're also looking at what is the intent. Again, you think about it in the sense of we could talk about guns, we can talk about anything pol- political, even with Stephen Crowder. Do they not want him to be heard, or do they not trust him as a as a as a good faith actor? Is a good question, right? Well, I think if you look at the the, the left faction, tends to be, in my opinion, a there is no truth but power faction. Yep, <clears throat> they accuse the right of being that, and it's really insane that perhaps many of the establishment Republicans, for sure, but. When we're looking at anti-critical race theory individuals and their alignment on the right, these are the people who reject that, that ethos. And so quite literally, you have the left lying and accusing the right of what it's doing itself, which creates a serious problem. Do they think Crowder is a bad faith actor? No, I think they believe Crowder is truthful. And they don't like it. Right, because they're bad faith they're, actors they're, who are trying. They're, yeah. anger, they're angry by his success. They're angry now, by his success. There are a lot of leftists, a lot, mm-hmm. maybe maybe the majority, who are good faith, mm-hmm. but they're following the, 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 the bad faith Pied Piper, believing sure. they're you know following the truth. And then they, they say the same thing about Trump and Trump's diehard fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but that's not the majority of whatever this faction is. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are like begrudgingly voting for Trump, you know, and then you have a lot of people on the left who begrudgingly voted for Biden. So it's interesting, but in the end, people like... The, you know, in, in, in the intellectual dark web, disaffected liberals, moderates have more in common with conservatives based on moral frameworks and rejection of critical race theory and left identitarianism, believing in free speech than the establishment Democrats. And there's a big difference between voting for Trump and voting for Biden. You vote for Trump because he's a human Molotov cocktail or because you really like him and his policies. People vote for Biden because he's a feeble old man. They think they can overtake and steal power or they genuinely like his policies. But I believe that was probably like a tiny faction. Most of the people voted for him because he's hated Trump. Yeah. Based on that, you cannot build the government. So. Yeah. What a house divided against itself. Does yep. It? So I know most people have more in common than they realize. I think that's Occupy Wall Street showed that when when people were railing against the Federal Reserve and like the monetary system kind of putting us all against each other. Mm-hmm. They had to stop that. It's so sad when people get confused and start to go at each other like this. I don't like it. Yeah, the the no truth but power argument is a great form of sort of moral cynicism, but it also it's very manipulative. It's not a very uh, well, first of all, it's very honest because the people who say it are only interested in power. So at least they're on, they're consistent in that sense. But <laughs> it says Rest there, in power. there is no truth but power, which is how I'm going. And I'm going to use that philosophy to take your power and give it to me. It's not the, the statement there. No truth but power is not complete. It's only the first half. It's there is no truth but power and I deserve it. You know, it's interesting because there is I understand what they're saying when they say that. Mm-hmm. That what's the point of having an argument with you if if they want to create their own system, their own utopia, their own leftists, mm-hmm. you know, perfect world. There's no point having an argument with a bunch of people who disagree with them. Mm-hmm. They just need to take your power away, destroy your system and then build a new one. Mm-hmm. So for the time being, I don't I don't think the core of their philosophy is there is no truth but power. It's in order for me to build my utopia, I must seize all of your power and the truth be damned. And that's where we're at right now. And it leads to some very interesting things, which is our, our, our next segment here, actually. So, uh, Forrest, you're, you're based out of Minneapolis. I live in Minneapolis for the so, time being. For the time being. And you've got to see uh, a lot of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. We got the story from the Star Tribune. Here we go. Brooklyn Center passes police reform package. Bravo. Uh, Black Lives Matter. They've won this one. Yep. The failed leadership of Brooklyn Center has caved. 
One of the things they're going to be doing, an unarmed civilian traffic enforcement oh. division. Oh. Here's my favorite thing. Civilian. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are police civilians? Technically, yes. Technically, no. I'm, I'm not going to be able to answer that one because it's it. I think you could make the argument in many ways that they're functionally neither right now. Functionally neither. They're functionally neither because, I mean, sure, they ha- you have – they're not citizens in the sense that they work for the government. That's, mm-hmm. Where do we make that distinction either is another question because I think that's a very modern way of thinking. Yeah. Because a soldier is not considered a citizen, but he's still a citizen of the country. You mean civilian? He's not considered a civilian, yeah. So they, but they're citizens. They're just citizens. Civilian. Yeah. yeah, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're you know, combatants. They're, they're armed forces. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. And uh, – so conventionally, it, the answer is no. But it, so I would, I, would, I would say that if you're talking from a military perspective, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. They're not going in foreign war. They're literally living in a small town and dealing with local domestic law. Mm-hmm. They're civilians. So the line gets blurred because you have, you have – when you talk about the police, you're, you're talking about a very large swath of people. Right. You've got your small town sheriff and you've got you – know, CIA, you've got FBI, you've got Bortac, you've got people who have, who are much more, look much more militant. Most people don't see them. And they're, are, are they both considered the police? Well, so let's, let's get into meat and potatoes here. Mm-hmm. They, they've successfully reformed their police. And mm-hmm. it's, it's beyond what I would consider. Because I've said we need reform, but I'm usually talking about creating more divisions like an unarmed traffic enforcement. Okay, well, maybe if the idea, uh, uh, if the idea is like you see someone commit a traffic violation, you write down their license plate and they mail them a ticket. Mm-hmm. That's something they've been talking about doing. But what, what do you think would happen if someone, you know, an unarmed civilian tries pulling over? Let's, let's say there's a guy mm-hmm. and uh, maybe he was at a party mm-hmm. and he, he wakes up and he's got a gun mm-hmm. and he goes to one of the people at the, who owns who, like one of the people who lives there. Mm-hmm. And then he says, give me all your money and then shows that he's got a gun. Let's say that's that's the person. And, and now this person is wanted for that crime, which is a felony. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're driving. And the unarmed person pulls them over for by whatever means the division is able to do it. The lights turn on, I guess. They Mm -hmm. have some kind of car. And they get out. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. Carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. What do you think happens to a person in a situation like this? You do have a disparity of power, and you also have a disparity of the duty. So is it the duty of the unarmed civilian to pull somebody over, or is it just a privilege of their position? Right. So please, please stop. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, you're leaving. powerless to employ it, but are you? Are, is there the burden, the onus of the state on you to go do it? Do you have a quota? Oh, well, there's more people drunk driving in our neighborhood right now. Yeah, there are. They're all armed, and I'm not. <laughs> right? You're like, what are you going to do? Quotas are bad. You know, you know it, so, it's, so, it's the bureaucratic problem. 
I feel like this is the op- opening the door to defund the police completely. One of the, and, and it's kind of funny too because one of the ways police get funding is through tickets, and yeah. I'm not a fan, especially when they do quotas. Yeah. So now it's like they're being defunded by taking away their ability to issue traffic violations. I think it can be seen as a lot more sinister too. So you take your example earlier. You they they see you commit a, a, a violation, or they put up traffic cameras and they see you run a red light. Then they send a ticket to your house, which you cannot fight. Or if you try to fight it, it's going to cost you time and money. So you just sort of now have to pay it. But if Most you, people do. But if you don't, then they send armed people with guns to your house. Now you have a position of creating that pipeline of going from, um, I don't like you. I write you a ticket for something that could be bogus, could be legitimate. It goes to your house, knowing that you're not going to pay it. And then you, instead of you, and then and then... You, you don't fight. It, this is it, bro. We're starting to now. S- they can search your house. Now they can search your house. Now they can seize your property. This is called. Um, look at what th- this is already in effect in London. Wow. Right. You go to London. You run a red light. You park in the wrong place. You will have a ticket sent to your house, and you can't fight it. Well, you can. And then if you don't pay it, the cops show up, and now you've got some kind of crime. They can mm-hmm. let it, us in. It creates a paper trail. It's 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 um it's crime by bureaucracy, not now. Crime. If if they pull you over while you're driving, you get a ticket and don't pay it. They can still go to your house and arrest you and go into your house. Yes, but there was somebody there to witness it. That is the purpose of American policing: right. is that a person has to do it. I think though, in the end, this would increase the the likelihood of these because I once got uh, I once got in the mail two tickets mm-hmm. from Chicago. Final determination, they said. And I was like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. I had gotten two parking tickets for parking outside of my dad's place in Chicago, but I had a permit. I had a parking permit. I guess a cop, somebody wrote me two tickets, never put them on my car. I never got notice of them until it was a final determination. And so when I got it, I called and said, what is this? I have a permit to park where I did. And they were like, sir, it's too late. You lost your chance to find the ticket. Mm-hmm. So or, um, imagine you get pulled over. All right, let's. You, you get pulled over, you get a ticket, you don't pay it. They can, they can eventually come to your house, maybe to serve a, a warrant for failure to appear or something like that. But let's say you never even knew you did anything wrong. Let's say you didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's say you, you were driving right, and one of these unarmed people was just like, "Hey, eh, he blew a stop sign." As far as I'm concerned, you get you get a ticket in the mail. You never realize it came in the mail. You're like, "I don't know what these are." You throw it in the trash. Then one day they show up at your house, and you're like, "What's happening?" When there's a, when, when there's an interaction between you and the officer, I think there's you know, likelihood you're going to be aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. This will probably increase the likelihood cops start showing up to people's homes. And I can only imagine that would maintain the same uh, uh, ratio of violent encounters. It's not going to get better, that's for yeah. sure. I mean, it's not. It's because now you're going to take the the uh, cultural perception of the police as a threat in certain areas, and you're going to cross that. You're going to paint that across the whole population, what, right? But apparently, I was reading this, and they they are going to pull people over. Yes. So I can only imagine that the people are going to be like, you, you get pulled over, and a guy walks up in like a polo and khakis, and he's like, um, excuse me, sir, you are speeding. I'm supposed to write you a, who are you? Are you a cop? No, sir, I'm, I'm not a cop. Later. Yeah. Or what, what obligation do I have to stop for someone who's not a cop? I mean, are you just going to look back in your mirror and say it's a red and yellow light, not a red and blue light, so I might as well just drive home? Oh, yeah. I live in a gated community. You're not allowed in here. So if you come in here, I'm going to call the actual cops to tell you to not come in. I, I mean, think it's funny. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. These people go around like smashing up windows, starting fires. We saw what happened right right now in Minneapolis. They're, they're, people are freaking out. They're demanding more cops. They're increasing the budgets. And then this one town, Brooklyn Center, which is like north, just like basically due north, all of a sudden they're like, eh, we're going to do the opposite. We're just going to, you know, carte blanche. Yeah, I mean, Brooklyn Center is going to get eaten by Minneapolis. It's going to get folded in. 
I mean, has that happened recently? Is it because oh. folded in? Like it's 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 within the counties. It, Brooklyn Center is is essentially Minneapolis. So what's what what's it like living in Minneapolis? Is it is it the apocalyptic wasteland we all uh, believe it is because we watch nothing but internet videos? <laughs> it's not completely the apocalyptic, <laughs> apocalyptic wasteland. Um, it's not the but uh, but it is basically uh, cobble. It, or, it's or closer or to Mosul. Be, it's yeah. It's, it, it feels a lot more like being in Kandahar than it does like being in America. <laughs> And but do you mean that for real? Like, yeah, I mean, it's not quite the same. I'm not driving an armored vehicle around, but it, I definitely there are definitely like we have new SOP standard operating procedures amongst us and our friends and our family. Like, I tell you, you actually served though. You were yeah, I was, I was in the military for a so, while. So, so just because probably a lot of people like he has no idea what he's talking about Minneapolis. And, like, yeah. No, you're actually no. You know, I, I have I have had the uh, privilege of being in the armed forces for a while. It was a great time. What did you do in the military? I was a ranger, army ranger. Mm-hmm. So it was a great time. So now uh, being back home, and uh, it's like what similar? Not it's, it's not th- as bad. Yeah, right? I mean, no one's burning tires uh, to block the roadways for three months of the year. Uh, you know? There's an autonomous zone where they like we do have an put autonomous barricades zone though, yep. and threaten people <laughs> with violence. So in the same way, I, there are places that we just don't go. Like there are roads you don't take. No go zones. There is. Yeah. There is. There is. There's definitely like. Hey, I, I, we communicate, my, my family, we communicate, and it's like, hey, I'm going to go get groceries. Okay, cool. I mean, that's kind of normal for some people, but we're definitely more conscious about what we're looking at, what we're, threats we're looking for, what kind of concerns we have. And then we have a little network of people that, we, that are all friends and, and families in, in the Twin Cities that we're all looking out for each other. Is this new? Like these behaviors and these these it, offensive tactics. It absolutely initiated last year when the riot started. We it was we spontaneously set it up. We just called all the people that we knew. We built a kind of a network through social media conversation or through signal or through text messages, and we established ways that we talked to each other so that we could very effic- effectively verify rumors. So one of the worst things that happened during the riots uh, last year, not this year, was essentially the entirety of social media became um, an advertisement for non things that aren't happening. The the white supremacists are coming down from New Brighton. The these people are coming from here. We just saw this thing happen, and it was like everyone was on so high alert that they were spreading rumors so quickly, which added to the fervor. It added to the the terror in the sense. And so what the first thing one of the things that we had to do as as a community is by our own volition by our own choice verify information ourselves. So okay, if someone's saying that the the this this is on fire or they're moving towards one of the one of the concerns that they had last year was if the police provide a strong enough presence in defending a precinct or they harden targets in like when they mean harden target like make it difficult for people to loot and riot in certain areas, they're going to move into the residential areas. So the moment we heard that, it was like, okay, how can we verify that information? Because that sounds a lot like hearsay, but it also has a big threat. So you're basically creating like a neighborhood watch is that what happened yeah i mean it's 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 an un- yeah it's a neighborhood watch unofficial it's like you know you have a ch- chat group remember when i was talking about this maybe like a week or two ago when i said what's going to start happening is there's more violence you'll see the formation of like local community groups it's exactly what they'll it is. start texting each other hey i heard this are you all right text you know there'll be text groups yep and it's going to escalate from there yeah and we took it a step further of having triggers and conditions or conditions and appropriate responses. So, like, in the event that X happens, we do Y, right? In the event that we see this happen, so, like, if the protest goes to this precinct, we go to this person's house and get their wife and child out. 
wow. and move him out of out of the city and put put him into a safe house. And we did that. We had to do we had to do exactly well, that. You mentioned earlier you said for the time being. So you're getting out, aren't you? Yeah. We're looking at moving out of state. There's not there's not a I mean our families are are there but there's Every- not a lot of reason to live in Minneapolis right now. It doesn't it does not look like a, a bright future. Everybody's going to Texas, I guess. Texas is a big one. Yeah. It's kind of crazy when you when you mention like these streets you don't go down, mm-hmm. and you, that's like a new thing since the start of the riots. That's why I asked you. Yeah, I mean the term Minnesota nice is not entirely pejorative. It also does mean that like generally speaking, you can drive through most of the city and not be in actual fear for your life. But when I go to a place and I see a roadblock with armed people that just by looking at them know that they have no idea what they're doing with that firearm, given it's their right to have it, but I know that they're not gonna, they don't know what they're doing with it, I'm not going to put myself in the position of no reward and all risk. I want to show you guys this, uh, this, this post I found on Reddit. So I'm, I'm browsing Reddit and uh, political humor. Uh, okay, if you go on Reddit and you click all, mm-hmm. you'll see every post. It is a uh, hive of scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of people who are really dumb. They don't do research. It's very tribal. Political humor. This was one of the front page posts. It says radical left. It shows the, the uh, a photo from the Capitol and says it cracks me up when the left is referred to as radical, as if the left is running around carrying assault rifles, denying science and discussing not accepting the election results. And I'm like, does any of these people have the Internet four years ago? Like for four years, did they use the Internet? First of all, OK, fair point. No one is running around with assault rifles. That's just stupid. Nope. No one. Not not anyone. I mean, it'd be kind of a crazy thing to see a guy running around with like an actual M16 or maybe even like a legit belt-fed machine gun of some sort. But no, uh, no one's doing that. I think they just mean rifle in general. Okay. Well, uh, the left is doing that substantial, like a hundred times more often than the right does it. They've been denying science and the election for four years. But these people... They live in a bubble. Yep. I think it's funny. I, I wanted to bring this up because you're mentioning Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. You know, you live there. And I'm like, they got, they, 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 I was reading a story where it was like 30 gunshots ring out at like 10 p.m. And then it's like by 11 p.m. another 30 gunshots <laughs> ring out. A guy's on a rooftop. They say, Star Tribune, I think it, it was an op-ed. They say a guy on a rooftop with an assault rifle. And I'm like, it's probably just a regular rifle. But I get your point. There's a guy on a roof with a, with a gun. I've seen the picture. And I, I know where the gunshots happen because, uh, uh, yeah. I, I so what's there. going on? What's going on in the autonomous zone? So in the autonomous zone, from what I understand, and this is going to be a combination of um, – it's it's a difficult thing. To, it's a difficult piece to explain entirely. But what you have is essentially people thinking that the cops are going to come in and raid their buildings. So you'll have – like when you – the picture that we're talking about was classically a guy on a rooftop – with an AR-15 style rifle sitting up there like he's providing overwatch for the city, right? Or for, for the neighborhood. So in case a police officer or the police come down or whatever, maybe it's, uh, it's something. This form- guy wanted to shoot cops? We don't, I can't, I'm not going to ascribe that. I yeah. can't, I can't tell you what he wanted, but maybe he was genuinely afraid for his neighborhood. Maybe he was afraid that a, a rival gang was going to do something. I, I don't know, but I do know that. When you, you can, if you go out into Minneapolis at night and you go into the right air, air neighborhoods, you will find people on rooftops with guns. You will find people. But that's just like rooftop Koreans, right? Like people who want to protect their businesses? Um, I, in some cases, I'm assuming yes, but let's, let's just hope so. There but was, protect I Protect them from who, though? Right. Is the, Rioters the, or? You can make the argument that the autonomous zone is trying to protect their people from cops taking in. You could say that. 
people in that area were trying to protect their own business. These people are insane about mm-hmm. cops. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what happens? I'm, I'm going to let everyone in a big secret. And this is going to shock a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know what happened? If you were in a big city and you're just like walking down the street and there were two cops in front of you and they're walking down the street, you know what happened if you walked past those cops? <gasps> Absolutely nothing. Oh. Absolutely nothing. <gasps> I, it's like I, I'm, I'm, Chicago is notorious for its bad cops. We had a video where, like, this cop grabbed – or not a video, but a story about a cop – grabbed a meter maid because she was riding up – he parked illegally. She wrote up a ticket, so he grabbed her by the throat and lifted her up and slammed her against the wall. Chicago is notorious for, for crooked cops. And I see a cop on the street. I'm like, howdy. Hey. Yeah. These people are like, put up barricades. We need guns. They're police. They're hunting us. They're really delusional, man. But I, I'll mention this. I think it was in Philly during the riots. There were people tweeting like, hey, stay away from this neighborhood. There's a bunch of, you know, far right guys on roofs with guns, on rooftops with guns. And they post a photo of a bunch of dudes on roofs with guns. All the businesses were safe. Yep. No, uh, we saw we encountered a place in Minneapolis that uh, it, this last year, if you looked at um, New Brighton and where all the looting was, um, we, we got to I got to meet some people that it was it was four guys outside of a tobacco shop Um and they all had they all had AK-47s, and they're just chilling there because that was one of two buildings that did not get looted in the area. And the good news is the left only wants to ban uh, – I'm sorry. I shouldn't say the left. The Democrats only want to ban AR-15, so AKs are totally fine. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no. Because there are <laughs> – I mean, was it was – it, we already instituted a ban of Russian-made AKs. Like import bans is a big issue. Right, 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 right. right. So the good news is a lot of companies have moved their manufacturing to the United States. But that is a it's a backdoor. I just form. I just think it's funny when they tweet all day like uh, uh, you know we got to ban AR-15s. No one should have one. I'm like I'll get an AK. I got it, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Like, do you know Do you know anything about what you're saying? Because it's meaningless. Yeah, you got to ask the question every once in a while with uh, gun control. Is is it ignorance or is it malice? Those are two different things. Yeah, it's definitely malice. Oh yeah. And at what point in time does ignorance become malice? Because if you look at the foray of data that we have. In any it, relating to gun violence and gun control, I mean, it's not a hard argument to make. The problem is that it, you, you've made it so many times that no one cares anymore. It, all the ma- the big violence happens in places where there's gun control. Perhaps we we should start making the conclusion that gun control begets violence. And I think malice. Is, so it's obviously nothing's absolute. There's probably a lot of ignorant people who just follow along, mm-hmm. but it's got to be malice. And you need to understand this when you make the same argument. 800,000 times Mm -hmm. and they don't care and keep lying. Okay. It's not ignorance anymore. Like when someone says that stupid meme, you know, no self-respecting hunter would use an assault weapon. And then you're like, okay, first of all, assault weapon is a nebulous term that means different things in different places. And it's ill-defined because I I love that meme of the Ruger 1022 with, with, with and without a pistol grip and one's an assault weapon and one's not. And then you mentioned that hunters use AR-15s. Like the most, I think it's the most popular rifle used in hunting. Yeah, I wouldn't say the most popular, but it's very common. And you got to look at the different types of hunting because hunting is a broad spectrum. Right, right. If you're hunting wild boar, absolutely, yes. of course. I'm but gonna... these these people clearly don't know, don't care, and after you explain it, they say, "Shut up." They just want a tribal win, and they want to take power away for you for themselves. Or it's worse because they just want to have a conversation. Right, they just want to have a con- oh, yeah. they just want to have a conversation, right? The story that I get to have is I um, when I went I, I, I went when I went to college after the military, um, in my senior year, the Parkland shooting happened, and so the woke chapter of the school decided to get together and host a conversation about gun control. The extent of the knowledge of the people in the room there was me, one other veteran, and a guy who had grown up hunting and who was an avid hunter. 
the three of us were the only three who had ever owned firearms, ever bought them, and the other 30 people, the extent of their knowledge on anything to do with firearms was watching a single Vice video. Oh, so they were they were well-versed and experienced. Yeah, well, the point the point is like, yeah. As, as, as kids. Oh, absolutely, right? <laughs> they knew exactly what they were talking about. And the problem that you have there is we can look at each other as equals as people, but we do not have equal information. We do not know. You don't – when someone – thinks that they deserve a position at the table when they're not even capable of being literate on the subject. So are, why are we debating? Are them? you saying service guarantees citizenship? I am <laughs> reading that book for the first time because you've I've mentioned it. it. I, I'm reading I'm reading Starship Troopers for the first time right now. Well, yeah, it's, it's a huge problem, especially for me, because I, I got uh, I, there's a photo of me that um, Mike Feedy took. So he came out. He's the BMX guy from the vlogs and he came out with us. And as I was carrying the Barrett, which is a ridiculously large and heavy gun, I had this, you know, grin. Just put it that way. It was a and grin. It was a grin. I'd, I'd call it something more, but we don't swear. We don't swear. We don't do that here. Smirk. And so, uh, no, I swear, swear grin. It's a, a oh, okay. you know. Anyway, uh, somebody commented Tim's, Tim's journey from I'm in favor of some reasonable gun control to two absolutists is the greatest character arc ever or something like that. And I was like, it's a good point. And the issue was I lived in a city. I was interested in hearing the the thoughts and opinions of those who who owned guns, but having never fought, uh, having well, I, I did fire one, but having not owned any mm-hmm. or gone through the process to own any or learned anything about different types of ammunition or weapons, I was like, oh, I think a conversation makes sense. There's some things we can do. And then when the riots broke out, someone tried breaking into my house. I'll tell you this: someone tried breaking into my house, and then they made this really really hilarious meme where it was like. Uh, you know, you know the Shebas that are all like weak and pathetic. Yeah, yeah. The, and it was the, it, it was like Tim in 2019, and it was the weak, <laughs> sad one saying, "Help! Someone's trying to break into my house. Call 911." And then it was like Tim Pool 2020, and it's like the big rip dog carrying a bunch of guns, and he's like, "You get what you deserve." <laughs> so, so after someone tried breaking in, I uh, the cop told me he's like, he, he, "I'll paraphrase." He basically said, "Get a gun," mm-hmm. and he said, "If it were me, here's what I'd do." So I went to a local police station and I said, what's the process for New Jersey? And they gave me information that was bad. Mm-hmm. And then I went online and looked it up and I got information that was bad. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, I, I don't have time for this. Like I'm, I'm working, you know, crazy hours and, and everything, you know. So I just lost track of things. Then when the riots kicked up, I was like, I, I have no choice. And the mistake I made was I should have went to the gun shop first. They want to sell me the gun. They need to make sure I can get the paperwork. I think it took me like two months to finally be able to go and pick up the equipment. And, you know, we, we were talking earlier in the show about Steven Crowder sending me the SIG M400. Mm-hmm. The reason I couldn't get it for a year, I could have got it sooner, but I couldn't get it because they sent it to New Jersey, which has insane laws, which made it very difficult. The gun had to be modified in several ways before I could pick it up, before they could ship it out to any other store. And so there was a process and it fell through. And I'm like, I don't have time to deal with this. It was, it was, they, they put all these roadblocks in the way to make sure you, you basically can't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're basically in West Virginia, and so they just snap their fingers, and here you go. That's, what's con- that's what constitutional carry is like. So that was New Jersey you're moving from? Yeah, leaving New Jersey. Yeah, and so you couldn't own the firearm in its current state because of, how, because of New Jersey law. Yep, and so, which makes no sense. Which, which essentially what you're saying is that New Jersey, law, New, New Jersey law says that you are legal if you are incapable and you are illegal if you are capable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. yep, so that means they don't trust you, and that means it's malice. I just, I just think it was funny. So when we were filming the vlog, and I'm at the uh, the gun shop picking up the Sig M400, finally gets shipped in, and uh, one of the guys at the shop 
So I, I do the background check. I do uh, Nick's. And I was they were researching me. So it's a little bit longer, but it was like 15 minutes. And then he says, congratulations. You know, Uncle Sam says you're allowed to have the gun. And I was like, oh, oh, thank you, Uncle Sam, for allowing me to exercise my inalienable right. Mm-hmm. That's where we're currently at. It's a rifle. It's 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 crazy because these leftists, they, there's there's a lot of ignorant ones. But the people who work for these nonprofits, the people who are running policy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They know that an AR-15 is one pull the trigger, one bullet comes out. They know. There's no way that they've spent 10, 15, 20 years advocating to ban guns, and they've not actually ever Google searched any of them. They know they're lying. They know they use assault weapon to scare people. Yeah, there's a classic argument that says something like there's no such thing as an assault weapon. And here's a little known industry secret. Nobody likes no, no. Uh, um, a fully automatic weapon is 100 percent a hobbyist tool with the exception of very specific military applications. If you're not using a belt fed machine gun or a submachine gun like a, a fully automatic AR-15 has almost no value. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about it quite a bit on the show. We, I think I remember who it was. Maybe it was Jim. Was it was it Jim? Maybe Probably Jim Hansen. Jim Hansen mentioning uh, maybe it was maybe it was somebody else uh, in Vietnam. It was spray and pray. Mm-hmm. And so they just waste so much ammo and they're like, we can't do this. It's ineffective. So they wanted to make people use semi-auto. It's more you know, precise. Well, yeah. So you think about a body mechanics. Like when I'm every individual pull of the trigger, you look at go look at like a three gun competition and go look at someone who's really good at it. That guy shoots really fast. Almost it almost looks like he's shooting fully automatic. The fact is that he's doing is each with each pull of the trigger, he is making a conscious decision to pull that trigger and put that bullet as best as he can where he wants it. So if I'm just holding the trigger and holding it and swinging my gun around like a hose, I'm probably not going to hit my target. I think if anybody's played a game like you've played the division. I played the first one for about a week. Division was awesome. Uh, Division 2 was pretty good, but I really liked the first one. And then I, I stopped playing. I don't play that many video games. But you in, in that game, it's actually pretty great because you can get, like, real guns. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always played – I always use like – my favorite gun to use in the game was the, was the M1 mm-hmm. or M1A or whatever because for that reason – a lot of people I know would like to use, you know, submachine guns or whatever in the game. Literally, it's a video game. It's called The Division. Mm-hmm. But then you're, you're, it's spray and pray, and you're, like, just hoping your, your accuracy will be high enough. Whereas the way I'd play is just, like, one, 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 you know? Yeah, you look at a game like Call of Duty, and your character can take an, an M4 concept and hold it on a decent circle um, for just the whole magazine. Like that's, right, that's, right, right, It's <laughs> not really – I mean, you can do that. You technically can, but it's just not – not not only is it not efficient, but it's it's sort of like, is it really video games that are driving the culture? Which is why I am I cannot wait until some one of these big companies comes out and they make a game where you're using the guns like people do in the military. So you're running around with your M4 and it's on single shot. Yeah, because that's exactly how you're going to do it. And so yeah, given the whole fully automatic mechanic is a little bit more. I don't know video game normal. It's Doom, I guess. You can paraphrase Halo. To I just. This. Man, I remember growing up, and I'm watching a movie, and you know, my dad's sitting there, and my dad always would always, you know, comment and say things and predict things, and then there, I can't remember what movie it was. I'm a little kid, and then like the bad guy sneaks into the room, and then my dad goes, "Ooh, 
silence her. And then the guy pulls out a gun and goes, pew, pew, pew. Yep. And, like, people grow up believing that stuff's real. Yeah, I mean, go watch the movie Django Unchained. And in one of the late season, or late episodes, or late scenes of the movie, the main character shoots another person at one angle. And, and he flies the other and way. And they fly a different that's, direction. That's Quentin, Tarant, Tarant, Quentin being awesome, by yes, the way. Yes, and I'm, and, and that we, was funny. We hope to trust that it's Quentin Tarantino making fun of his own, not taking his work too seriously. But the <laughs> I problem remember is that, that scene. It was great. It's great, right? But now, now people will watch movies like, you know, and they will legitimately think that's how it works. And then they ban things based on the movies. Yeah, what's the, what, what is that Gelman amnesia effect? For yeah. You're reading the news. You read an article that you are an expert in and you realize it's all bunk you turn the page and then you're like huh like it's the same thing with firearms like if you're a doctor or a nurse you know that the nurse tv shows are not really that (laughs) accurate but then you so when you watch ncis it's not the same a department of diagnostics you ever watch house i did i saw a a couple episodes yeah it was basically i guess the premise of house was like sherlock holmes is a doctor or something and so he gets a mystery i mean people believe this stuff like I was reading a story about how uh, people would go to the doctor with and they would ask the doctor, like, what's wrong with me? I'm sick. And when they'd be like, well, we're not entirely sure. We'll give you a scan. They'd be like, can you send me to diagnostics? They'd be like, what? What? Be like, like Dr. House. And they'd be like, that's not real. That's a TV show. <laughs> yeah. There's no like head doctor to just break into your home and steal your 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 bath soap to mm-hmm. try and figure out if it's got a chemical in it. Like, that's what they do in the show. Mm-hmm. Like the doctors would literally break into the person's house and then like take their Drano and be like, look what we found. This is what's killing them. <laughs> you know what, man? I don't know how you solve for that problem because you're allowed to have TV shows, but mm-hmm. people believe TV and movies are real too much. Yeah. I, I would never want to have like an enforcement of accuracy committee. Right. I mean, you, there's a, there's a kind of a trope that goes about in, in, in the military that some people have lost their jobs because they went to advise uh, entertainment and they were too accurate. There's right. that, there's stories. How, about that. What's, what's the legitimate reason for making suppressors NFA items? Uh, for those that aren't familiar, it's like you got to file a tax. It takes like nine months. You get your fingerprints. It's very difficult to buy. Yeah, there is a, there is a, there is a burden entry for owning a suppressor, which is an item that makes it safer to shoot the firearm. <laughs> yeah, it's just insane. Yeah. You, you, it, it, what, it, what does it do? It, it protects hearing damage. Now, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, universalize healthcare and you, you're going to get more people with hearing damage. Okay. So it's, silencers aren't real. The I, the term silencer is just a colloquial term, right? In the in what and in the, the, there was a long time when people referred to them as silencer. Right now, people are using the term suppressor more often, yeah. and I think some of that is as an as an attempt to better translate what the object does. They're still loud. They're still loud. Uh, the bullet passes or breaks the sound. If the bullet breaks the sound barrier, you're still getting the sonic crack, and that's probably that's what's going to hurt the most. Yeah. So yes, when I, when you shoot a firearm that has a suppressor on, you're probably wearing ear protection as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope. I've I've uh, I've fired a weapon with a suppressor. Mm-hmm. It's still loud. Mm-hmm. The recoil was better, and it wasn't as loud. Mm-hmm. But it's like people could hear it probably a mile away. I mean, if you know what it sounds like, yeah, you actually know what it sounds like. But you were talking about events with people in the riots where. Someone is launching fireworks, okay, but someone is shooting a gun and they think it's fireworks. Well, so so in these riots, it's 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 never it's almost never fireworks. Sometimes people will throw fireworks, but uh, in my experience, it's more often that someone's shooting a gun, mm-hmm. and then you get really dumb journalists being like, it "Sounds like fireworks." There was a tactic in Minneapolis where they where activists were firing whatever they were were firing legitimately firing mortar fireworks at buildings and people. But those are very different booms, right? They are. So 
They what, are. You, know, you ever see fire? You, you know firecrackers? Like you get the red package. You like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've black been with, cats? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Uh, are they, no, those aren't black cats, oh. are they? Mm. Maybe. I think they are. Yeah? yeah they're no. like the little red and white ones. Yeah. And you let yeah. them, they go pop. Yeah. And I've, and actually, we had some recently. We were, we were uh, yeah, we had some recently. We were mm-hmm. just popping them off in the parking lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, journalists, for some reason, think that people just carry those around with them in cities, especially in, like, you know, crime-ridden areas during riots. Yeah, you can't buy them in Minneapolis, which but, means you have to go to a different state to get them. So or, it's, or it's a gun. Or people are going, pop, 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 pop. And they're mm-hmm. like, just fireworks. Just, you know, mind you, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Again, their, their, their information that's being given to them is bad. Let's, let's, let's get a little, a little apocalyptic, I suppose. So, oh, yeah. you know, we're talking about guns, the can right we, to keep in bear and all that stuff. Can we just go post-apocalyptic? Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> we're not there yet. Okay. okay. We got this story from the Daily Mail. Gas prices climbed to seven-year high. Of three dollars and four cents a gallon, despite Colonial Pipeline reopening after Dark Side hack. All right, so this is what I don't understand. They said it was panic buying. People are just panic buying, you know, and that's why there's no gas in D.C. and in much of these places. And then we found out that the Friday the hack happened, within three hours they paid the ransom to re to to, to shut it down. So why did they shut down the pipeline? Why was supply threatened if they paid the ransom? Did they lie to the government, which resulted in bad information and a panic? Did they disrupt supply, which led to panic and then an actual shortage? Some doesn't. Some doesn't add up. This is the kind. This is the kind of stuff that's going to exacerbate inflation, and it's already getting crazy, man. I mean, you know, we 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 went to the restaurant after after shooting, and we waited like two hours for food Mm -hmm. because they had no staff. Wow. Yep. And we, it was it was miserable. I mean, I don't want to be mean to the restaurant. They were trying, and I that respect sucks. them for working like two people on staff for this restaurant because nobody wants to work. Now gas prices are super high. So here's, here's, here's what we were talking about. So we're sitting there. We thought it was going to be 45 minutes. You know, you go in, you order, you get the food, you leave. And then at like two hours, I'm like, okay, we're going to get up and go. And then the food finally comes out. And I was like, here's what happens. The, the prices are skyrocketing, and people are getting unemployment benefits. They're getting 16 bucks an hour not to work. Now Joe Biden's saying he's going to do the $300 tax credit for, you know, up for every kid. So now families can get like three grand for their kids. So now you got people who just don't want to work. So now you got one line cook at your restaurant. Now you got all these people come in and he's going crazy trying to fill these orders. And eventually he just stops and says, for 15 bucks an hour, no way. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Now you got no cook. Now you got no restaurant. Yep. Apocalypse. This, this kind of shortage is something that my parents have been concerned about for the entire time I've known them. This is something that my grandparents were concerned about. My grandparents were stockpiling in the mountains in New Mexico to make sure that they were safe if and when there was, for example, a trucker strike. They were very concerned about like the Cuban Missile Crisis. I think this was around that time. And this is something that I think that modern people don't take seriously anymore. And I think that there is like this derogatory term. We're called preppers. You don't want to be a prepper. A prepper is some old redneck dude who just is, everybody thinks they're crazy because they think the end of the world is coming. Well, like Tim says, what if it rains? Sometimes, sometimes it rains. That's well, I think there's a difference between, you know, a prepper and what we would do, for instance. Right. But there is like this, there's this, the stigma to just be prepared and people call it reactionary, which I was telling you earlier that. I don't understand. How can you be reactionary when something hasn't happened yet? You're trying to think ahead. Yes. I don't see that as being an issue. Yeah. When did self-sufficiency become a a pejorative? Right. When the rich people want to make sure they can get gas and supplies before you. And then you'll get news outlets saying, we we shouldn't report on this because then people will panic. 
And then and then what they do is they whisper to their family, make sure you go buying gas right now. Yeah, like would that be the same thing as uh, as um, saying you shouldn't get you, you don't need to wear a mask, you don't need to go out and buy one, so we can stockpile a bunch of yes, them, and now exactly. we're going to make it necessary. Exactly. So we're gonna we're gonna make sure it hits our warehouse so that we can charge you for it, not them. That's exactly what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. when the, when the Colonial Pipeline stuff happens and they're like, there's no supply shortage. Mm-hmm. And then we're watching videos of cars lined up in gas stations shutting down. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, no, no, no. We meant in terms of the national supply. Yeah, well, no one's asking about that. They're asking about their local gas stations. Yeah. And meanwhile, these journalists are, are, are whispering. The security people are whispering, telling their friends and their family to go stock up while you still can. Yeah. Go I'm, buy your toilet paper before it's too late. Yeah, the I got mine philosophy. You know, you can change it. You can you can ruin the system after I got mine. Right. You can you can as long as I have mine. That that is a. I mean, humans are selfish creatures to some extent, right? Oh, for sure. To some extent, wild yeah. animals, man. Especially when panic takes hold. Mm-hmm. You know? So now I'm wondering if this is. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't matter if it's panic. What matters is prices are going up. There's a global shortage now. I love this. They were. They, what did they say first? There's no inflation problem. Don't worry. Uh-huh. A week later, okay. There's inflation. What should we do about it? Now Bloomberg publishes a story saying there's a global supply shortage of basically everything. So what's happening is a combination of things. You shut down the economy. People stopped working. They leave their jobs. You can't just find people again. Like a, a steel mill isn't just going to be like okay, let's just teleport someone here to start making the steel again. A lot of these people left, moved. A lot of people moved out of New York. Half a million people moving out of New York. What are you going to do to fill those jobs? You can't do anything. So now they can't just restart the economy. The problem is Biden is also just printing money and dishing it out to everybody, firing the money guns. So people don't need to go back to work. If you don't make stuff, there's no stuff. Huh. Mm-hmm. So now these businesses are struggling to get the stuff they need to make new stuff. And then people can't buy it. So what, is it, what happens? Two people show up at you know, the hot dog stand. And the guy's got one hot dog left. What, what do you get? You get a bidding war. You get, like, I'll give you five bucks for it. I'll give you six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen. I'm not spending fifteen bucks on a hot dog. Now a hot dog costs fifteen bucks. Everybody's going to be fighting over these materials. And one of the things that we're seeing, according to Bloomberg, is that a lot of businesses are, are buying as much raw material as possible. And then all of a sudden everything's sold out. They're hoarding it, basically. Mm-hmm. Panic buying. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's what they did in, in uh, there's a Canadian ad for, during World War One where they were like, do not hoard flour. Have you guys ever seen that? It's like a mm-hmm. comic book. Ad. I have. Ian, seen that what one, did yeah. you just buy? I bought about 250 pounds of flour. Oh, why? <laughs> because, uh, because I'm not panicking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's panicking. I'm about eight months ahead of the curve. When, when does it, does it expire? Are yeah, you, like two years, a year and a half, but we can freeze it too. You're going to eat 250 pounds of flour? I think we go through about five pounds a week. So Ian engages in kneading bread right. as a stress reliever. Is this what I need he to know? He makes a lot of bread. <laughs> Gluten. Yeah, I made bread. Two breads in the He's last quite the two beast. days. Ian yeah. makes a lot of bread. And then I was pouring maple syrup on it, yep. and then it soaks through the bread. Ooh. Then you mop it up, and it's like a, a French toast without having to cook it. Oh, you got to cool. get off all that sugar, man. Hey, you're the, you're the guy who's ragging on <laughs> sugar all According the time. According to Vladimir Putin, what you got to do is learn to cook. He was giving a talk to a bunch of like college students, and they were like, what should we Vlad, what should I do as a man, as a Russian man? And he's like, learn how to cook. And they all laugh and like, no, really, what should I do? And he was like, learn how to cook. Because when the apocalypse comes, yeah, Putin's and no, you're no and you're around. eating rabbit, 
learn how to cook. The, yeah. It's going to take two hours at the store, then it's going to be four hours, then it's going to be closed. I'm so thankful that my family taught me how to cook as a kid. Yes. It's like, yeah. it, I, and it was just because I come from a culinary family. So Speak, speaking shout of, out to mom. Speaking of hunting yeah. for food, we let Bucko out, and he's like an outside cat. <laughs> he caught a baby rabbit. Oh, he it for us, and yeah. he started eating it on oh. the porch. And it got blood on the porch. And I'm like, dude, you're getting stains. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he, just, he just looked at me and went, Meh. and I'm like, okay, dude. And then he went off and hunting again. Uh-huh. He's loving it. But, uh, you know, it's funny to talk about the cat doing these things, but he's got the right idea, man. I think people need to get back to some of those basic survival skills. I'm not saying people should go and eat cicadas out of the ground. That's insane. Uh. But I think it's important that people learn how to do some basic stuff. Go camping. Remember when the Boy Scouts were all about, like, I don't know, just being a well-rounded person mm-hmm. and learning how to be responsible? And now it's just weird cult diversity. Oh, whatever. yeah. Yeah, the origin of Boy Scouts is, a, like, a pretty cool tale of heroism. And now oh. it's, it's, it's nothing but, like, American mediocrity. What is the, what's the origin <laughs> of it? I, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was a, um, it was a war veteran... I think from World War One. I'm pretty sure it was a World War One veteran who basically came back to the United States and wanted to provide a program for young men, young boys to become better people through individual challenges. I love it. Right. So like it's the whole idea of the merit badges is so that the kids can get some sort of the, the young boys can learn some sort of concept of forward thinking and planning. So I want to get this achievement this is what I have to do to accomplishment. I can't just That's cool. buy it. It's, it's like, like a video game. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a proto-video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so a proto-video well, game. Well, anyway, Ian, you are mentioning uh, something about, you know, don't hoard flour. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Can I cut you off? Oh, uh, in in Canada in World War One, they had, like, national, like, do not hoard flour. It's a felony. I don't know if it was what they called it, but it, they would, like, come to your house and arrest you, and there's a picture of cops, wow. like, walking by That's... the house and people inside hiding their flour. That sounds mm-hmm. communist. Because as the, as the food starts to disappear, they're going to tell you don't hoard. I mean, yeah. it, does anybody else want to laugh at that a, can, a, can, a command economy, which is always supposed to eliminate scarcity, automatically, immediately produces scarcity? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, people are dumb. I mean, it's a self-correcting problem, though. It's like, okay, let the command economy do the thing, yeah, and we're going to go be self-sufficient over here. Well, hold on. I, I you hear you, can. but what, 100 million dead? It's not. I'm not saying it's not a tragedy. It's terrible. Yeah, but. I mean, it, it, like, these communist countries did technically correct themselves by collapsing in on themselves yes failing yes but they were able to just murder their way into maintaining power for for a century because the people of capacity whether it's moral or capability either left the country or were killed yeah Yeah, i mean that's that's the big problem could you imagine you know an able-bodied man of good moral standing and principle living in an urban center and then freaking out because of riots and being i don't want to live here and then leaving or somebody who maybe lives in an area like that planning on leaving um, are you saying I'm able-bodied? I'm talking about me and you, actually. <laughs> yes. okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. Because yes, we, we were in the Philly area, and I was like, we shouldn't be here. But my, I, you know, all right, making fun of myself, be over with. What I, what, I, what I think when we leave these areas, we voted. Yeah. And we advocated. And we, we talked. Mm-hmm. And the community votes for self-immolation. And I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in saving the city. It's, yeah. it's, it, that, but that's the whole, like, that's, when you look at the Second Amendment, there's two ways that it's often interpreted from the positive side. So we're going to make the assumption that those who are arguing for gun control either disdain or don't care about the Second Amendment. But now you have the Second Amendment, people who defend it on a sort of tribalism. It's a little bit more political. And then you have people who understand the principle of it. So for me, you know, you think about it simply, the fact that people over 200 years ago wrote on a piece of paper the Second Amendment, you know, the, the right to sh- 
right, or it's a right known to bear arms, whatever. The Second Amendment, the fact that they put that on paper doesn't really mean anything for me. The, the, what really means, because that paper is not going to defend me against a malicious actor. The fact is that that paper is there to inform the American people that it's like, it is your God-given right. It is a human right, not a civil right, to own a firearm. Yep. It's a human right. And, the, and so that sounds like it sounds sort of, well, you know, the term human right is thrown around a lot today. Why is it a human right? The right to self-defense is, is something that you have because you're a human. Whether or not you're, you believe it's because of Imago Dei and you're coming from the Christian heritage or you think about human equality, if you believe in human equality at all, you would never in any way argue for one group of people to go to another group of people and disarm them because now they're not equal. So, so since when does Second Amendment not include swords? I mean, I know there are places where you can't own swords. but Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you look at some states where they ban basically every every version of a weapon in any capacity except for guns because Second Amendment. And yeah. I'm like, it says to keep and bear arms. Yeah, you can, like there's places where you can't own a – you cannot carry brass knuckles, but you can carry a six-shooter. I think that's ridiculous. As, as if the founding fathers at that time only used muskets. Yeah, I mean – They had a, tons of weapons. They had knives. They had bows and oh, arrows. Yeah. Big knives. Oh, Cannons. Big, yes. Well, we have the American Bowie knife. Yes. Mm -hmm. Classic mm -hmm. example. I think one of the biggest mistakes that has been made over the generate over the past you know hundred plus years or whatever, is that even two A advocates have fallen into the trap of arguing only on behalf of guns, hmm. as if the founding fathers literally only had muzzle loading muskets and nothing else. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure when they said keep and bear arms, they carried knives with them, mm -hmm. and they probably didn't consider someone would come and take them away. Now you get states that are like your knives are gone, your batons are gone, you can't carry a baseball bat unless you also have a baseball and can prove you're going to a baseball game. You can't carry a sock full of quarters. Hmm. Can't do that. But a gun, okay. Second Amendment. Possession is considered intent. Of what? Baseball bat or a sock no, of quarters? You owning a firearm is perceived as you wanting to do violence on somebody. That's that's. I'm just I'm just saying. I think Second you, Amendment includes any weapon. I agree with you absolutely. But there's tons of places that have banned swords. Yeah, they're, they they okay. Let's not say they've been, they've banned swords. They've infringed upon your human rights. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Let's not say that they've banned swords. They haven't banned swords. They are saying that we will do violence against you if you own something that can do violence. So in, in, in that capacity, I'm just saying it's great that we, they, we, they built this shield in written word that protected us for a good you know, couple hundred years. We'd be worse off without the Constitution, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But at this point, imagine – look at it this way. There is a great giant dragon beast that is government authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. And it's been breathing fire on the noble hero who's holding up the Constitution as a shield. And eventually that shield starts burning through and long enough period of time of sustained government authoritarianism and we start losing our rights. Interestingly, we have this uh, Supreme Court case. So SCOTUS rules police cannot search homes without warrants in the name of community caretaking. This is unanimous. Nine to zero. So that's promising. Even the liberal justices were like, a cop can't go into your house without a warrant and take all your guns because they think you're, you're ill or something. It's a good sign. But it's, it's, it's crazy to me that the argument is, is, is getting close to the red flag law stuff. And a lot of people, I guess right now, are like, oh, of course they can't have, you know, they can't without a warrant. But what they've been actively trying to do is get a warrant claiming that you're unwell and then violating your rights. Yeah disarming you through a subversive means and it's it, it, in in i think it's according to the geneva convention disarming a population is considered an act of war 
Wow. As it should be. I think I believe that somewhere it's uh, in that it either is that or it's Carl von Clausewitz, but we haven't had a von Clausewitz in a while. So y- you might know this, but what percentage of the time is a genocide preceded by removing guns from the general population? Because I was able to come up with more than one example to send to someone I was arguing with. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's 100 percent, but it's basically 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, they, because they are one in the same. And this is how you think about tyranny. So. We often think, or the, the, the thing is oftentimes said something like, well, if you disarm a population, then, then, then you will have genocide, or then you'll have some sort of massive, you know, massive tragedy, horrible authoritarian argument. And so we use it as this argument of like the one begets the other. I don't think that's the right way to think wow. about it. The rather is the act of, the act of because um, that I'm sorry I don't think it's the right way to think about it because it creates an opportunity for someone to say we won't do it this time you know we won't I was, okay we'll take away your guns but we won't genocide you this time like that's <laughs> you're essentially Strong. holding on the you're holding your entirety of your existence and your hope on the fact that they won't do something mm. whereas what I would I, I think the better way to think about it is the act of taking the firearms away from somebody is wrong in the exact same way as it is to target a population in that way. Well, one, one doesn't beget the other. They are they fall in the same vein. You need to understand that if the Earth is to join the Galactic Federation, mm-hmm. we can't have a bunch of crazies with guns. We're going to shoot the aliens when they show up. So they got to disarm us for the sake of the of the Galactic Federation, right? Um, your your condescension is coming through. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, I'm just being ridiculous. No, I'm just kidding. There's the, what it is. It's a bunch of elites who would lie to the general public to protect themselves and their family. They would tell you there's no gas shortage, so they can go buy gas before you can. Mm-hmm. They would tell you that everything's fine. There's tons of toilet paper, so they can buy it up before you can. They would buy a bunch of stock while serving in Congress huh. and then pass regulations on these companies, which benefit their stock decisions, their trading decisions. Mm-hmm. And they would come out and say, you can't own weapons because safety. Now, for me, I've got five armed guards around me at all time, paid for by your tax dollars. Yeah, and we no was, guns for you. We saw this last year. The exact same people that were arguing to defund the police spent millions of dollars making sure they had very armed people protecting their house. And we that's right. and and it's like and you can't look at that and say, oh, that's funny. You should look at that and go like appalled by that. The the even the people who voted for but these, we 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 do, man. I mean, the people who watch a show like this. Mm-hmm. Um, probably most conservatives, we, we are appalled by that, but there is a large faction in this country of extremely ignorant tribal individuals who have no idea what's going on. Um, I, I posted this on Facebook. I said, what happened to all those people who used to come in my mentions and just like promote Joe Biden and rag about Trump? They're all gone. Hmm. All gone. You know why? Because they never cared about Biden. No, because you, what, bought guns? Now you're a bad, now you're a bad conservative man? No, back during the election, all of these people I knew who cared nothing for politics never did. All of a sudden, we're like, oh, Biden, we had to vote for Biden. We must do it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then Biden gets elected and they're gone. They no longer care about Trump. They no longer care about Biden. They don't care about politics. Now they post about stupid nonsense. And I'm like, I thought, what about all those things you were? So what happens is these people now 
have voted for a man who is by like every objective metric failing. And I love these op-eds where they're like, Biden's had the best hundred days of any president ever. And I'm like, yeah, if your head's in the toilet, you're not paying attention. But a lot of people, a lot of these people just walked away anyway. So now things are getting worse. And too many of these people vote for trash laws and leave us worse off for it. I don't know how you solve for that. Unless like Starship Troopers or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, uh, in order to in order to vote, you must prove or prove ownership of a firearm. Yeah, I mean, then you at least have skin in the game. It's meant to be facetious, but it does get the point across. Mandatory gun ownership. I yeah. mean, you, you we don't. The problem with containing something a vote like this is not it's not a very complicated problem. It's that who gets to choose, right? This is essentially the question of all, all power. Like, thank this. you. Who gets to choose, That's right? The question. So if you make it, it, you know, one of the arguments that comes up is something like, uh, we don't want people who are mentally, in the, the, thankfully for the, the Supreme Court case that you were talking about, we don't want, we want to make sure at least to some extent people of certain mental issues don't own firearms, right? We kind of want to, there, there's this sort of, it's, let's take the question honestly and look at it that way. Yes, that's true. Who gets to choose? Big question. It's an, it's, it is an interesting point because I've brought up uh, several times the Second Amendment doesn't say the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed unless you're mentally ill. Yeah, I know. And it is a problem. Like it is a legitimate yeah. mental problem. Or you say like you, you were arguing about if you do the time, if you pay your debt to society, you should have your rights restored. So a good, a good point was made to me, though, that the Constitution does allow for rights to be restricted uh, after after or only through due process, only through due process. So and, and that mental deficiency, I believe through due process, then, all right, I understand that argument. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so if, 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 you know, I own a bunch of guns and then there's a claim filed against my mental health and we go and there's a legal process and then after determining I'm unwell, then they come and take everything. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I'm still worried about it because mental health is not objective. It's an, it's an ambiguous category. In some ways, it is viewed as an ambiguous category. Oh, yeah. So some guy can just be like, I was looking at Ian, and he is crazy. My professional experience is that he is crazy and dangerous. Dude. And then the, the judge is like, I agree. Seizes guns. Anyone that's got like a medical marijuana card for stress or any kind of psychological issue could then be deemed like unwell and unfit mm-hmm. to hold a gun. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. You can't, you, can't, you can't buy a gun if you smoke pot, right? Well, well you're not supposed to. You, so can and should are different questions. There is a question on the 4473 that asks, are you currently or are you consuming illegal substances? And it's yeah. a, and the 4473 is a federal document. And Straight so, up, if you smoke pot, you can't buy it. So gun. technically speaking, if you, you are committing a very big crime if you are currently consuming marijuana, or not like smoking it at the gun shop. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... No, no, but not, not technically, literally. Different. You are the federal actually, government literally says you are committing crime if you consume these things under Biden. Yeah. Mm. It's freaking crazy, man. Schedule yeah, one narcotic marijuana. Mm. That makes no sense. What the yeah. heck? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a parallel that's kind of coming through in, in in the world and this is kind of begging the question, but there's the joke, who won the war on drugs? Weed won the war on yep. drugs, right? It's kind of a humor. And how did weed win the war on drugs? Mass noncompliance. Yeah. Which was is you could also look at that in a sort of philosophical sense. It was self-reliance. Well, the government's not going to let me have my weed, so I'm going to get it myself. The government's not going to allow me to protect my family, so I'm going to figure it out myself. It's time to end the war on guns. Absolutely. Yeah. But how do you do it? I we a whole and for us, we're doing it through culture. We're doing it through mm-hmm. going out and doing things. We have our publications, and what do we get for it? We get pulled off of newsstands. Really? Yep. We've we've had we, our magazine. Anything gun related has been pulled off of newsstands. No one no one talked about it. You didn't see a giant New York Times post. 
When Google bans Gundam Wing because it's got gun in the name, you sure. know they really don't like guns. But how are we being self-reliant? Here's a good example. If you own a gun store, give us a call. We'll stock it in your sh- your, on your shelf, right? There you go. If you own a gun store, if you own an FFL, fit, we, you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us through our website, and we, will, we, are, we have a program to stock our magazines because we've got four different magazines, Concealment, which is urban, smaller firearms, all about safety, concealed carry, making sure you're doing things the right way, being good at it. Um, and then you've got Recoil, which is the main magazine. This is sort of the big news gun industry things. Maybe it's someone came out with something really innovative or, you know, we there's a there's an advocate. Well, we did um, Maj Ture. We put yeah, in, you know, yeah. You know, cool dude. So he's, you know, Maj Ture is doing something great. There's um, Chris Chang is doing something great um, with AAPI Go. So we are grabbing... We have those two magazines. Then we have Off Grid, which is much more focused on skills, survival, um, and it has. And, and, and I think of it, the the advantage that Off Grid has is it has a lot of things about doing, right? So it's not just about gear because a lot of a lot of um, survival, a lot of the negativity that comes from survivalist groups or preppers is they're just about buying stuff. It's the classic, you know, heavily unfit person with a bunch of stuff is not going to survive <laughs> the apocalypse, right? Yeah. And then the last one we have is carnivore, which is all about high-end f- uh, field-to-table Meat hunting. consumption. Meat consumption, yep. So I, I, I uh, loathe to think about what's going to happen to these cities in the event that there's like an actual shutdown. Mm. The water shuts off. Mm. People are going to start dying of dehydration. They'll be drinking blood in a day. Yeah, you'll have yeah, – I mean, historically speaking, you'll have a very short period of very, very ugly violence, and then you'll have a very long period of probable starvation. Oof. You know, people fleeing like crazy in random directions. Well, th- and the solution is actually in itself. And I think the solution to this one is not just buying a bunch of stuff. It's actually community. It, I mean, the term community is thrown around a lot publicly right now. But the, again, the antidote to this classic idea of a guy in a basement with a bunch of bullets and a bunch of food is that he's going to die alone. Why is what is what is prison? It is living in a box for 30 years. You know, there's not, it's, it's taking your life away. Life is time. So survival, real survival, when we're talking about things like this, um, is actually 100% based on community, social interaction with people who you actually trust that you've been, a li- you've been, f- you've been, you can, you can have them to protect you from making mistakes that you would otherwise not know. Right. So someone who knows water, someone who knows ecology, someone who knows, hey, don't eat those plants. That's a simple f- form of it. A more complicated one is you're desperate. We know each other. We take care of each other. We're not waiting for the government to come and save us. It's actually quite remarkable how uh, people in cities mostly, but basically everybody is extremely detached from the basic requirements of survival. Yeah, the, I mean Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Right. It's not a. It's not an ultimatum, but people. You take a person in the city and you put them in the woods. This is not going to go well. Sure, because they have no reason to be adapted to the woods. If you live in an right. urban environment your whole life, you're never going to need to adapt the abilities to do that. It's Whoa, a, it's a no, luxury. No, no, that, that's, you will need to adapt the abilities. It's likely at some point in your life you will need to understand basic survival, even if you live in a city. It's just that in their immediate, they don't. They, they, that life has been kind to them to the extent that they've never been thrust in a situation like that? Sure, that's absolutely true. But it, we, I still want to return to the idea like self-sufficiency – is a good thing, yeah. right? Right. So it's not, you know, when, when you have a neighborhood, like say, you know, you live in a condo and you know your neighbors, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing to know your neighbors and being like, oh, I know such and such is a diabetic 
and I can help them. Ta- I can help take care of them this way. It doesn't mean you're kicking down their doors and saying, "Here, take the insulin." It's, right, but it, it's good. People don't, people don't realize how brutal it'll get if there's actual like power outages or uh, like rolling blackouts, even. Let alone if the water shuts off or the electricity goes out for an extended period of time. People, people who are diabetic, you got to refrigerate that insulin. That's a huge problem for just storms going out. And they got to have generators usually to make sure the fridges keep running. But there's a lot of other things too. Uh, people's medications will spoil. If you got antibiotics in the fridge, they're gone. Vaccines go bad yep. very, very quickly without electricity. Yeah, so well, hey, bring it on, Greta Thunberg. Let's turn off all the fossil huh. fuel power plants and then see how long humans last because they will they will start tearing each other's throats throats out as it gets bad. Or they'll just build a pipeline and not tell you about it. Pipeline? A pipeline, yeah. Uh, you know, if you, if you tell people they can't have something and they need it, they'll figure out a way. Look, one of the big themes of this is that they're going to tell you, oh, no, don't go buy this. Then they go rush out and buy it. Sure. They're coming out saying like, oh, the water is going to rise 20 feet. I'll take that beachfront condo mm-hmm. on Miami mm-hmm. Beach. How much is that? Mm-hmm. Water's rising? No, I don't care about that. Yeah, sure. Ammunition prices are high right now. So if you're hoarding ammunition, it's kind of rude. But, <laughs> right? but the other thing about it, too, is how about you just take seriously what you think you need? It's not more. Panic buying is a hard thing to define. And panic buying is what people do when they feel like they're insufficient with what they have. It's interesting. I mean, we, Ian bought a ridiculous amount of flour for two, two years. Yes. Yeah, I was surprised it was available because I'm, I'm last July that it wasn't. You could get four, right. maybe four bags of flour. So why buy mm. so much flour? You know, who knows what's coming in two months. I like to look ahead and, and rest easy. You see, that's the thing. You know, you're hoarding, is it someone being prepared or is it someone panicking? Yeah, well, it, the, the, there is a good question to be said there. And Or is it are you just a good businessman and you know you can buy better in bulk and you're going to be able to store it and you've, are you being proactive? After the apocalypse, all the neighbors are going to be like, bread, and Ian's going to be like, I have the bread. And I will <laughs> feed you all. And he's going to like rip it and throw it to people. Yeah. And they're bread gonna cheer. for bullets. Bread for water, dude. <laughs> feed the masses. Uh, I don't think anyone would trade you bullets for bread. They only need one. I'll let them go hunt, and I'll keep them healthy when they no, come No, you don't home. understand. Yeah. They only, they only need one. Oh, well, that's a good point. You grossly <laughs> overestimate the accuracy of most people. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Let's assume it's point blank. Uh, they don't need any, actually. They just need the weapon. You know, then most people would just capitulate. Just take whatever you want. Leave me alone. Take my flour. Take my bread. Yeah, I mean, fire me. But violence they, is expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's costly to go to go do violence on someone is expensive. I mean, what about an talking, apocalypse though? It still is right. So let's go. Let's take the metaphorical, um, the metaphorical post-apocalyptic apocalypse situation. You have your little tribe, and they have their little tribe. For you to go attack their tribe, to try to take their stuff. You have to willingly acknowledge that if you lose, it's final. Yeah. Right? Or you know, in, in, or it's final. It's extremely costly. Not, not just that, but if I go to Ian and I say, Ian, make me bread. And then Ian's like, in exchange for what? And I say, oh, I'll trade you something. Then Ian's skill and value as a human being contributes to the production of bread. If you just go and take the flour, all mm-hmm. right, well, now you got to make the bread. Yeah. So there's a, there's a cost you lose out. Trade is probably safer and easier for everybody. Sometimes traders doesn't work, though, because starving person might not have anything to trade with. Some, a lot of times it's the language barrier. Fortunately, we have that going for us in the U.S. is it's easy to communicate relatively. You know, we don't – long-range communications with the power grid down would be a little bit more complex. Like how do you, yeah, how do you tell them that you're, not a, that you're not a danger without getting close? That, that might be a challenge. You can kind you just, of signal gotta, it. you got to create a, a call – I like ham radios, <laughs> calls, yeah, yeah, bird calls. Those bird calls. Maybe like a, a yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we, we can go back to classic bird sounds. <laughs> I, I will lose at every time. They'll just be like, why is that man sounding like a chicken? But are we, are we, is this paranoia? I mean, are we just, well, we're well, talking about all this stuff, well, we're seeing the news, we're seeing gas prices, and we're like, oh, it's the end, but I, maybe nothing happens. I got this Samantha B on the brain thing. I watched what? some Samantha B the other day just to, to <laughs> delve into <laughs> yeah, the, you, the you, depths you, of you, it. You get out, you get it out, you dark. get out, you get out, you, don't, what, you don't watch. They made a video like, just do something about guns, and it was all these celebrities being like, okay. just yeah. do something, just do something about guns, and like they don't know what they're asking for. This is what really bothers <laughs> me. Literally don't. Yeah, dawned on me tonight. Yeah, is the vagueness of it. They don't. It's not like right, please right, right, ban on, this on. aspect of no, no, this no, no, thing. No, no, no. They said do something, right? Yeah, they're so vague. Okay, okay. Here's what I, I propose: repeal I will, the NFA. I, right, <laughs> all right, you got me. <laughs> I will do something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, repeal all gun laws. Yep. And I'll go buy a gun. Sure. Yeah, you know, um, every, everyone who owns a gun gets to vote. Free guns for everybody. Yes. I don't. I uh, do not, whoa, 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 whoa. I do not. I do not. Uh, That's a little that. light. I think mandatory guns for everybody. Okay. You have to. When you sign up for the Selective Service. If you don't have an M3 Carl Gustav, holla. They want you to sign up for the Selective Service. Mm-hmm. You should also be required to go in, fill out the form, drop it, and be handed one AR and one handgun. Yes. Or a rifle and a gun mm-hmm. and whatever they have available. Some like standard issue U.S. government garbage weapon. It works, yeah. right. but, you know, it's a, it, it works, works right. I no mean, people like to, people like to say the the Swiss did it right, but that's we're, we're talking about very different countries. What yes. they do, uh, Swiss. I mean, there is a sense of mandatory firearms ownership and mandatory uh, kind of. It's not exactly that, but the Swiss are oftentimes used as an example because everyone owns guns. Oh. Functionally, everyone owns guns, but Switzerland also stays out of. You know, a yeah, right. interesting country. You know. Yeah, but you're also looking at like you can make another argument, something like uh, Japan has no firearms and they have very little firearms violence. They're also an ethnic, like a very they have they're they're it's an ethno state, ethno state, right? It, yeah, you know. like they don't allow immigrants. It's crazy. They they do. It's very it, very it's, small. Right, right, yeah. right. It's like extremely restrictive. Yeah, uh, Switzerland is also fall- small. Sorry, and don't they also require military service in Switzerland? I wanted to say that's correct. I'm not but sure. I don't want to. I don't want to say something that I can't. I don't remember. I don't. Right. For, for well, so. I also look at Israel because they have a similarly small population. Mm-hmm. Everyone there, for the most part, is armed, and everyone is required to serve in the military. And, and yeah. I don't know what their gun stats are like, but it's probably not bad. And they're constantly under threat. I mean, right, exactly. Again, all these things are multifaceted arguments, but you take the example of the Samantha B thing, right? Just do something. You want to look at what gun control is? It's celebration before success. <laughs> we, 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 you know, right? Because no one ever says, hey, we established these new laws. Look what the effects are. We say, just do something. Yay, we put this in place. Never heard from again. Here's what, here's what we need to focus on, right? Right mm-hmm. now, when people complain about government and guns, it's about restrictions. We need to change it. So I propose the creation of the Department of Gun Services. Mm-hmm. So when you're 16, you have to go in for your manual gun from the – I'm sorry, ma- mandatory gun from the government. Mm-hmm. And the complaints about guns and government should be the lines take too long. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to go to the DGS to get you know an, an AR-15, and I had to wait 20 minutes. 20 minutes for this gun. It's ridiculous, huh? I mean, man, when I was a kid, it was 10 minutes. You're in, you're out. You got your gun, your box of ammo. <laughs> mm-hmm. These bureaucrats, man, now I tell you. Serving. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now serving. Yeah, now serving. Aisle four. The DMV four, adds like another letter. Yes. Oh, 37Q. Oh, there is conscription in Switzerland, by the way. Oh, there is yeah. conscription. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just that, that's a good one. Um, yeah, and then for your DM or DG, D, Department of Gun Service. Yes, I like yeah, this. Yeah, Department of Gun Service. Yeah. Um, so not everyone knows how to use a manual. Not everyone knows how to use a stick shift. So now we have to just give them all automatics. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, some people don't have this, this, the strength, so there's a variety of options. Mm-hmm. No, you'd, you'd get some garbage government stock crap. You know, you're not going to get the best of the best. But hey, 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 you know. Yeah. Mandatory gun ownership. Mm-hmm. Mandatory firearms ownership would be an interesting example. You go in and you have like a little book explaining like basic gun operations and you do like a one through ten check, check, check. Mm-hmm. And the guy reviews it and he's like, all right, you know, here's your, your gun and uh, you can choose between the, the handgun we have over here and uh, fill out the forms and then they hand it to you and you leave and you walk out. And that terrifies me. Why? I don't know. Maybe because I don't know enough about guns. A, you, do you want to you know why I do the analogy of the Department of Gun Services? Yes. When you go to the DMV and there's like cars everywhere, right? And there's a lot of people who are student drivers. Hmm. Do you like start sweating and no. fear that someone's going to hit you? <laughs> Good point. When you cross a busy street, when you're jaywalking, are you like, <gasps> there's cars and they could hit me at any moment? Not really. I see people with guns all the time and I just don't even think about it hmm. because people don't typically just run you over or shoot you or beat you. A, a guy could pick up a rock off the ground and hit you with it. You know, it just doesn't happen. Hmm. Sometimes it does. Sometimes they can use guns. I understand when the left are like, yeah, but with a gun, they're they're extremely destructive and violent. I'm like, it's true, but people also make bombs. People do a lot of things. And so you shouldn't take away someone's right to self-defense because you're concerned and you don't want to be responsible for yourself. Mm. I just don't see that as, a, as an appropriate argument. Mm-hmm. I understand the fear, but I cross busy streets all the time and I've never – I don't get hit by cars. You know, I, if you live in Chicago or New York or L.A., you're jaywalking everywhere. And sometimes the cops yell at you and it's stupid. And for the most part, you'll just see the cars. I mean, some people will just walk and ignore the cars. You know why? The cars will break. This is, is, is crazy. The cars will actually stop to avoid hitting you. Huh. So if you were at the Department of Gun Services and someone walked out with a weapon and they were like, let's say, that, let's say there was like a, a range. If you walk onto, if, you, if, if this is true, if, you go, if you're on a gun range and you step onto the range, they scream and shut everything down. They don't want you to get hurt. Or if you're at a range and you, like, turn around, you're pointing at someone will tackle you. Yes. Normal people are trying to be safe and don't want you to get hurt, whether it's a car or a gun or whatever. So gun services, they hand you the gun in, like, a locked box, and then you have to carry it home in a locked box? Why? I don't know. Not so you don't freak people out. What? When there's, like, 30 people in the waiting room. I'm not freaked out when I see a guy in a Hummer driving down the street. It's another culture. You just got to get people comfortable with it one day at a time. I've Mm -hmm. I've crossed Archer Avenue on the south side of Chicago, and you got, you know— big trucks and tractor trailers or whatever and it's like you just run across the street i'm not like oh no the guy's gonna hit me dude people in my neighborhood because we had uh we have the freight trains where you're always getting stuck by trains by midway it's annoying the kids in my neighborhood would run alongside the train and jump on it that's awesome could you imagine if there was a guy and he had like a he was like riding around on a car with a gatling gun and you ran and jumped on his car and were like holding his gun that'd be ridiculous that'd be insane that's a problem People would like in the in Chicago jump on the trains. Don't do it. It's really, really, really dangerous. But people aren't scared. They're the opposite of scared. They're brazen. So if somebody walked out with a weapon, people aren't going to care. I, it's it's the weirdest thing to me that in New York you go to Grand Central and there's like cops in like full tactical gear with rifles. People aren't freaking out like a cop's going to shoot anybody. 
I think Ian has a point because when cars were brand new, people were terrified of them. People were scared to go in them. People were scared to get hit by them. So there, maybe there should be like a transitory time where we're like accommodating people to everybody having a gun. And there was a time when they didn't have seatbelts. They exactly. didn't know. They were still learning the, the, the danger of it all. I don't know what the traffic laws were like in the beginning. Probably they didn't have traffic lights at first. Yeah, so in in this ideal world where everyone is required to have a gun, Mm -hmm. it might require a little bit of adaptation, I think. All right, fine, whatever. But let's do super (laughs) chats, my friends. If you have not done this, smash that like button and take the URL from this YouTube video and just share it across all social media to help out the show. And go to TimCast.com, become a member, because we will have a bonus segment coming up later today at the website, which you definitely do not want to miss. Big news from the government. It gets real creepy. We'll talk about it later. But for now, we'll do Super Chats. The $1 one-liner says, Hey, Tim, nice promotion of Iceland. I can see the brochures. Come to Iceland. There's no ice. Enjoy the volcanoes. It smells like farts. <laughs> that, that's all true. Have you been there? Yes. Oh, wow. So I went to Iceland. There was no ice. There's and no when ice. I was driving from Reykjavik to um, the, 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 I forgot what it's called, it's like the blue water place, then it's like all like gray rock and... You, it smells like farts. Volcanic rock. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah. of... Yeah, it smells like farts. Sulfur. sulfur. A lot of sulfur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's just... the blue... There's like a blue water place where the water is blue? Something like that. Wow. It's really cool, there's but it was really hard. I, we couldn't get in because it was like booked up like crazy. Did it used to be ice? Like did the Vikings call it? I mean, it? there's ice. I went to this really cool place. It was cold and it was just like this massive lake. It's beautiful, man. It's an awesome place. I heard, I heard they called it Iceland, like the Vikings, because they wanted people not to go there because they wanted it to keep it for themselves. So they told everyone it's just an ice hell and no it one was went. Apparently a like garbage hole until they discovered geothermal energy. Mm. And everybody was just it was like mining coal or something. Oh. And they're like, we got all this volcanic activity, we could do geothermal and now they live like kings. Wow. Now um, abundance of energy, you know. in in response to our conversation earlier about what we're educated by, everything I know about the the the, the island of Iceland is from the TV show Vikings. There you go. I know, I know nothing. 21st century. <laughs> All oh, right. Wait. And then there was the uh, secret life of Walter Mitty. So. Yes, also then. <laughs> Kwee Ross says, hey, Tim, I heard they were putting a 40% tax in taxes on Bitcoin for coins sold and wondered if anyone knew anything about this. Joe Biden has proposed a capital gains tax of like 39.7%. So, yes, that would apply to your Bitcoin. Massive tax. Massive tax. Wow. And maybe it's because of Bitcoin. Kyle Buchanan says, HVAC tech here. I tried ordering an outside unit today. The warehouse said they had zero and won't have any for 60 days. Mm. I doubt they will have any in 60 days either. The one free man says, low gun regulations equals herd immunity for violent crime. You don't have to carry, but you benefit from those around you being armed the same way an unvaccinated person would benefit from those around them being vaccinated. Hey, there you go. Interesting. Crime herd immunity. Plasma says, I bought into Bitcoin at 32K and nearly uh, went net loss, but I am now taking advantage of Elon Musk's tweets and buying more, getting ready for the halving in two years when Bitcoin will go to the moon and back. Yeah. So the halving will result in like Bitcoin doubling or more. Uh, Okay. I can't read the name here, but this guy says, it's a good thing Crowder has made plenty of political connections over the years. Hopefully they'll vouch for him. Mm. Yeah. Josh Elsa's question for Forrest. Why don't gun companies name their weapons in a way that you don't have to be a nerd to understand? I own a XD Mod 2. Why, why, how do they choose their naming? <laughs> that is a question that I actually don't know how to answer because everyone does it differently. But the, the, it stems out of kind of military mentality of like it's, it's, it's essentially a, what do you call it? 
It's easy nomenclature. It's an M3 Carl Gustav. We call it a Carl G colloquially, but the M3 is so that I can distinguish it, the M16 from the N4. So a lot of companies use these names, these number, these letter combinations to achieve that end. Shorthand. Right on. It's all shorthand. And I mean, there are, there's other ways that you can do it too. Like you could look at like a Ruger Blackhawk. It's a revolver. It's not the BK17. Usually the, the number is affiliated with something to do, not with the caliber, but it all has different ways of doing it. And I think it's really just because it's trendy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just how we chose to do it. So what do the, the caliber numbers mean? Because like a twenty two versus like a two two three, dramatically different round, you know? Yeah, the caliber typically refers to the size of the projectile. It typically refers to the size of the projectile. But now you're looking at so shotguns being different, theirs is Every, it's 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 all referencing the size of the projectile is pretty much what it is. Is it the width of the projectile or the length? Um, if, if it should be, it should be the uh, circumference or the diameter. All right, we got Honey and Absinthe says it is my Boo Thang's thirtieth birthday today. Holler. Will you wish Vincent a happy birthday? We love your show. Also, let me paint a mural in your house, please. Happy uh, send us an email to spintheufo at gmail dot com. Yes. And happy birthday, Vincent. Yeah. Happy birthday, Vincent. I'm willing to bet it's not going in my house. Alex Oakley says, I wanted a super chat to say that US, USD is officially dying. I started a side job over the weekend where I was asked if I wanted to be paid in USD, Bitcoin, or half and half. I chose half and half. So excited to get more Bitcoin. Wow. That's that's Not that's like excellent. the cream you, product. You chose yeah. Bitcoin, right? Please, God. Tell me you chose Bitcoin. Half and half. Like half US. Oh, I thought you Bitcoin. meant like the half and half cream. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I was I'm like, a wait, what? kind of guy. Though. That's my problem. I was confused. So wait, my strength what? and my weakness. There you I, go. I too am a coffee snob. <laughs> you getting paid in buckets of cream? Yes. Yeah. It yes. Like I got thirsty. all this cream. What am I going to do? I just drink it, I guess. The grocery store was out. It's good for Eli you. M says, Tim, could you call Crowder on air right now and get him to summarize what has happened and his way forward? No, that would be really awesome though. Maybe, maybe I, 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 I couldn't do that. Nah. I mean, it probably would be funny. I'm sure he'd be cool with it, but it just I can't. Could you imagine getting a call and like you're on the air and you're like, "Oh wait, what's going on?" Wait, no, I'm some not. people I might just be like, "No." Part of his strike is that he's not supposed to talk about it. Wouldn't so you get I, in trouble? Right? No, yeah. I could interview him. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah, we had Alex Jones on. Oh, he's banned. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they still, yeah. they, huh. you know, they'll you be know. paying attention. Mm-hmm. If Steve Plitz Jennifer Reap says, "Great show and guest as always," and got to shout out my alma mater, Sam Houston State. For winning the national championship yesterday, eat them, uh, eat them up, cats. Ooh, hey, there you go. Grass. Someone you may know says hashtag free Crowder. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cy Coder says Walmart is only allowing VAC employees not to wear masks. Well, I'm not VAC, and when I get back from break, I'm not wearing a mask. I might get fired, but they're going to get sued if they do. Hope I win. Mm. I mean, how do they tell if people? Are or aren't? I mean, I don't know how that. Even, I, I think I think they'll ignore you. I don't think they'll say anything. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Hits Vape says I work at Best Buy. They just announced today that if employees prove they've gotten the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. I've had the virus didn't do much at all to me. Now I feel forced to, so I can take off the mask. Mm. Yeah. Well, talk to your doctor. Zanzibar says I just joined TimCast.com. Now where where do I go to suggest Magnus Panvidia get a seat for a show? Pro liberty and bottom unity advocate. What the boogaloo really is? Uh, well, you just did. Carter Joe says Tim have Destiny on to discuss the infrastructure bill and voting bills, and he'd like talking about moral frameworks. Uh, definitely, Destiny is, was was an excellent guest. We we when Destiny was here, we actually hung out for like an hour just talking about politics, and he's he's a cool dude. Disagree with him? That's about it. 
but I disagree with a lot of people. So, you know, I think that's too much like fear of the other. I think I think it, it was great to have him out here. Fun guy. Um, I'm sure people don't like him for a lot of reasons, though. Joshua Ryman says, what if what used to be a traffic stop that caught a kidnapper with someone in their trunk gets a pass by? Yeah, well, there's that, too. Rilo says, civilian traffic brigade. Don't you dare show support for Trump or appear at all conservative. You're going to get bombarded with tickets and the state will come after you. You see, there you go. Brown Bear says, Tim, when are you going to have shoe on head on your show? When she accepts the invitation and decides to come on the show. Dolly Lance says, how can you continuously assume that the unarmed civilian won't be violent themselves? It's a good point. Unarmed civilian traffic guy might be like, I got a gun. Yeah, how does that work? Is it a cop? Because a cop, we were just we were trying to figure no. that out earlier. Like a cop is a civilian according to the military. No, 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 no. This new policy is like you in a car. What the heck? Yeah. It, it, it's a contradiction of terms, though, because you're, are you hired by the state? Who are you hired by? Right. Not an outside group. Non- I mean, that's they give weird. you a little yellow light to stick on top of your car? Yeah. No. The codification, <laughs> like, the codification of law has a purpose, and it's so that we have a rule rules by which we understand what we do and don't do. It's not the greatest tragedy in the American concept of law is that we have turned law into a way to make citizens into servants – Instead of realizing that the purpose of law is to limit the government, it is to limit one group of citizens from violating the rights of another group of citizens. It's not to make you safe. It's not to make you happy. It's not to make you wealthy. The purpose of law is so that the people can, the one group of people, human beings with the same rights as you, cannot use the power of the state to violate your rights. Yeah, I don't like paid bail. Because if the rich people. Mm-hmm. They oh, yeah, they, they, it's meaningless to them. They just buy their way out. In, in Chicago, people illegally park at, the, at Wrigley Field because they're like a $100 ticket. It's cheaper than buying a parking space. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Andrew Holker says, I fled the Twin Cities for Duluth last summer. The number of friends I have at U of M who have been mugged at gun at knife point just walking through Dinkytown or riding the light rail is truly insane. Well, there you go. Wow. Showland Report says, living in Wisconsin for the last couple of years, never heard a guy from Minneapolis sound so nice and fair. Oh, thank you. There you go. Mike Sullivan says, great guest. South Carolina passed House Bill 3094 today. Eliminate state fees for CWP. Will now allow open or concealed carry with a permit. Makes SC a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Great day. Cool. Yeah, it's not constitutional carry. You can, like in West Virginia, you can just walk around the Barrett if you want. Yeah, people I mean, just laugh at you though because they'd be like, "We get it, we get your point." There is good hope here too. Yeah, there is hope in the world. Like, I, one things that I, one of the views that we bring, like I like to bring through recoil is that it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all doom and gloom, and it's not all they're taking our guns away. Young Americans don't like gun control. Yeah, they don't. They re- they're they're turning away from it, and whether they're turning away from it because of political means, whether it's Marxism, communism, socialism, whatever, or or because they just don't trust the government, they're moving away. On top of that. Um, what is it? The, there is ways that we are making victories. They're just not as political. They're not as pro, they're not as um, polished theatrical stunts. David Hogg has a massive theater, no substance. In, yeah, in, it's in, nonsense. In, yeah, you know, it's like it's it's he's you have to prop them up. While in the background, people are changing their opinions about it. Yeah. Look at the last year in gun sales records, massive records, and we're not saying like because if you look at Gun sales throughout history in, in the United States, it's kind of a steady climb with little spikes that kind of level out, but it never really goes up and then down. 
it goes up and then down a little bit and then up into you know a, a really yeah. good gun sales is a really good performing stock in the United States. Yeah. Um if it was. But you look over the last year it jumped and plateaued high. And yeah, so, you look at the lines in these big in these big cities. Yeah. Liberals going lining up uh, outside of gun shops. There was a run fun, there was a funny video where this guy he at a gun shop, he made a video where he was like, "Stop coming to my store expecting to buy a gun for the first time. <laughs> These liberals keep coming in and they keep saying, can I pay more to get it now? No. And I just, no, you can't. You voted for this. These are your laws. Shut up. Follow the rules. Because it's probably hilarious to have like your 50th guy come in and be like, I'd like to buy that gun. Okay, fill out the form. Okay, can I get it? No, you're, you're on a delay list. Come back in five days. We'll call you. Can I pay more? No, you can't pay more. You're being background checked. Shut up and go home. Mm-hmm. They get all mad about it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to have the conversation about universal background checks that are already in place, stop talking about it. Right, right, right. Sergeant Buck says, just joined as a member. If you want a modern military shooter that handles firearms well, I recommend Insurgency Sandstorm. The Division 2 is great, but it becomes de- but it's become Destiny 2 with cover. Hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. Eric Rodriguez says, what are y'all's opinions on bullpup rifles? I personally prefer them, especially as a left- left-handed person. Love the show. Keep it the great work. Can I not answer? It's, no. It's, it's, no, I can. Um, <laughs> I have never, I do not have a lot, a lot of experience with bullpup rifles what is it? in compared to a, you know, like an AR-15. Yeah. What does it mean, bullpup? Bullpup rifle. This is the muzzle. This is the, the, butt, the buttstock, right? If my hand is in front of the magazine, the trigger is in front of the magazine. So it goes barrel, trigger, magazine, which allows me to get a longer barrel and a shorter package. That's considered a bullpup. When you take the magazine and you build it behind the trigger. So you look at a reg- like an AR-15, you've got stock, grip, magazine, rail, muzzle. Bullpup takes the magazine and it con- in the construction of the rifle. And that gives it better balance so you can have a longer uh, muzzle? The theory is that you can have the benefit of a longer muzzle without an entirely longer firearm. And oh. that it does accomplish that. It's just, is the juice worth the squeeze? Because you lose something. I think that having the magazine well in front of the trigger guard, and this is... The honest answer is I've been I've sh- I've been shooting for so much in the military with AR-15 style platforms and and most of the modern military uh, modern militaries across the world use a magazine in front. Um, I'm so used to it. Switching to a bullpup would be uncomfortable. It'd be it's it's just like it's it is not the same thing. It's not home. Um, but the one of the adva- disadvantages you get is manipulation of the firearm tends to be more uncomfortable. So when I have to load a magazine in here, I get to drop the mag, put a new magazine in the mag well. It's sort of efficient. Yeah. It's all there. But the other one that you start to see, and I think there there are quite a few companies that are actually doing this very, very well, um, is the triggers in bullpups were, are historically referred to as being terrible. And so you want a good trigger because it, you, it, it adds to accuracy. It helps you control the weapon, firearm better. Um, and historically speaking, um, firearms with a bullpup design had a harder time making a better trigger. Oh, all right. All right. Meridian Forrest says, hey, Tim, U.S. Air Force member here. I was raised in North Dakota and thankfully got stationed back in North Dakota. Recently, they voted to ignore a lot of the federal gun regulations here. I'm not going to say I'm for or against this because military. Mm. No, thanks for the super chat and thanks for your service. Yeah. Make 1984 Fiction Again says, civil disobedience and lawsuits. Let's get a win in the bag. I got kicked off a job in the authoritarian state of Massachusetts for not wearing a mask outside laving pavers on blacktop in 80-degree weather with wow. no one near me. Wow. Jeez. 
That's a great name. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing. I have read that book, and it's creepy. It's incredible. Yeah. Read 1984 if you haven't read that. Yeah, um, I got that T-shirt. Yep. Tom, uh, I think it says Tom, says, second time super chat. I feel stupid. I accidentally just sent you 10 bucks. Haha, <laughs> here's another 10. I'm here in Washington State. Zero gas shortage, but I just paid three fifty nine a gallon to fill up uh, this, this uh, was it, Subby? Subi. The Subi. The Subi. Gas is getting expensive. I heard it was like $9 in some places. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I couldn't confirm it. Yeah, I've just been seeing posts. I don't know for sure. Five People are saying in California. That. Yeah, in some areas it was absolutely skyrocketing. Ray, uh, Rafe Purnell says, please post, uh, please post video of Ian's GF bread recipe. I need it. GF, gluten-free? Your, oh. girl, your girlfriend's bread recipe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's hot. Um, <laughs> I, that was quick. I, 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 I love it. I, I'd have to make That's a right. gluten-free recipe maybe with almond flour, but I've noticed the wheat flour really handles the yeast and the sugar the, in a mm-hmm. special way. I mix them together sometimes, do like a light gluten with like oh. an almond flour. If it's GF flour, uh, bread recipe, I haven't done a gluten-free one in a while. Yeah, but you I'm got down, good bread. I'm down yeah. to experiment. It's all about getting that rise. Kyle Lipka says, Crowder calls it Mug Club. You should call us the Beanie Bros. You know, we did have a conversation about like making membership name something, and I was like, there's going to come a point where we have many more shows, and people will just be like, what is that? Imagine going to like, Disney Plus, and it's called like the Mickey Face. <laughs> be like, be like, be a Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Club. Yeah, that was join the, join the Join the Mouseketeers. You'd be like, no. Uh, I got it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> nah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Ace2020 Boyd says, YouTube is crazy. They can put strikes on Crowder, but allow Nike yoga videos with full frontal, no blurs. Also won't let me send this with the full words, right? Huh. Dude, there's really messed up videos. There's videos where a guy does like, what's in my butt challenge. They show it. Whoa. Yep. They show it. Yeah. They actually show his butt? Well. Cringe. They don't show like. Uh they They show it from a perspective where it's like. You can tell what they're doing. They oh, say wow. what they're doing. So Crowder actually had a segment where they actually show some of the highly objectionable material that you can find on YouTube. And I don't think YouTube liked that very much. No. But, I mean, they should have said thank you. You, you know, I don't have to hire somebody to police my own. Yep. But uh, Don Jett says cicadas contain high levels of mercury. Oh. I don't think eating a bunch of them is wise. Shout out to Ian from Cuyahoga Falls, Monroe Falls Avenue. Dude, what's up? You ever go to Monroe Falls Lake and take a dip? That's where I used to get shaved ice right over there. Oh, cool. Yeah. I have no idea what you just said. Oh, that's my my hometown. Shout out to my homies, Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. What's up? Ashley Hayes says, KY masks end June 11th. Look into Andrew Cooper Ryder of Brood in Lexington. Took the fight to Andy uh, Bashir is weekly protests, built his own CC processing service after being banned from Stripe and PayPal. He is leading project uncancelable uncancelable in KY. Cool. Interesting. Cool. 
Jelly Bean says, hey, Tim, fellow Illinois citizen here. I'm from the suburbs, however, Orland Park area, Oak Forest to be exact. I work in Joliet, New Lenox area, and I paid $3.17 a gallon. I thought Illinois wasn't one of the states affected by the pipeline issues. Maybe the pipeline issues, there's more to the story than they're telling us. But uh, I know all of those areas very well. He's just getting a lot of them. Dane Shell says the left is doing what libertarians couldn't, and that's break down the system enough for a new generation to have a clean slate. The Great Reset, but doing it with bad fuel. Unscalable ideologies. I mean, it, to a certain degree, but they're like kneecapping the police and then replacing them with woke police. So it's not going to get better. It's just getting worse. Are those woke police disarmed? No, they're armed. Okay, so yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. That's not good. Kev says, first super chat ever. What good is a functioning pipeline if the billing software has been encrypted and you can't bill your customers? They paid the rams the ransom within three hours, according to numerous reports. So they weren't dealing with that. Amazing. No idea. Nicholas Nasty says the purpose of the purpose of the Second Amendment is to guarantee that the people have any necessary implement to overthrow a tyrannical government, zero limitations. This is only partially true. I, I I'm not a fan of when people are like, it's to overthrow tyrannical government. No, it was literally to to defend yourself, period. Tyrannical government or invading force, or lunatic criminal. A free state requires a well-regulated militia. Therefore, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. People need to understand there were no police back then. It was all local militia. When there was like a robbery, people would round up the boys and they would be like, hey, get the militia. Yeah, the Second Amendment is a poem to the people to remind them that they are free and it is a prohibition against the state. Yep. Marco says, I have a question for Forrest mainly. With all the critical race theory and other agendas in the army being pushed, would you still join the Rangers? Love the show. Oof, that is a good question. You're going to have to have a small challenge between two decisions. One of them I can answer for you. If you're going to join the Rangers, absolutely. If you're, not getting, if you're interested in joining the military right now, you have to go Special Operations. Ranger Battalion, Navy SEALs, Special Forces, MARSOC. It's going to, trust me, every, the military is all moving in that direction. The global war on terror is known as the rise of the special operations. So if you're thinking about joining the military and you haven't looked at special operations, absolutely. What's, what's MARSOC? MARSOC would be this marine version of special operations, their, their contribution or their contribution. So, all right. Second one, looking at critical race theory in the military, if you believe that you have the, moral integrity to resist the 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 push of critical race theory yes but that has to be a very serious and personal question if you if you are if you think that you're going or yeah does that does that answer the question yeah really? I guess. like you it is a very serious question take it seriously why did you why are you joining the military is it out of patriotism is it out of duty those are easy answers to say on paper but when you actually have to live them out all right ossery says great guest we vets and country boys will be the ones to survive when the energy hits the fan. Dude, you guys are constantly hyping Ian's bread, and I'm yearning for a road trip, and I'm not even a big bread eater. <laughs> so we are currently building out, as part of the new website, an auction feature, which is going to allow us to do a two-tiered uh, ticket system for the house. So we want to do Friday night events mm-hmm. every Friday. Ten tickets, first come, first serve. And then probably 10, maybe more tickets that are top auction based. This way you have the people who are like spamming the refresh button because we can only, we don't, we only have certain capacity. It's not, a, it's not like we have that much space. So we have to figure out a way to make it fair. And I'm like, 
Two-tier system works because then you have people who can afford to mosey on over, not really worry about time and make their bid and spend more to come. But then people who probably can't afford to can just try and use merit, just get to that ticket first. It'll be difficult. And we'll put in restrictions so that some people don't come every single time. We get more opportunities. But the auction system allows us to basically do anything. So we can auction off a loaf of Ian bread stored oh, properly snap. in dry ice. Now, I don't know what the regulations are. <laughs> right. It, it might be, be like, like a donation. It might have to be just like Ian as a person sending a person. No, no. The business will be able to do the auction. I thing. will make several, at least three loaves of bread for that event. And then we'll have to put, oh, yeah. Then and then we'll just come. slice them into quarters. We'll slice the breads into halves. We'll do like a garlic bread. We'll do a cinnamon oh, raisin yeah. maybe make or sandwiches. a cinnamon maple. We, yeah. we'll, have, we'll have sandwiches ready. That and bread uh, is good it's it, it is it is it makes like store-bought bread just like i mean there's no preservatives bread. this is the thing the store-bought bread has natural they put preservatives in it so it can last on the shelf this stuff goes stale after five days if you leave it out even if you have it in a bread box yeah you gotta but, eat it man if you eat it in the first two days it's amazing it is yeah. just moist and it just holds the you can't explain it with words you you guys you you really want to come to these events so we're we're in the process of setting things up so that we can actually do this. We just had a, we just had the driveway redone. We just had some work done in the garage. There's still a process. I know we wanted to do this back in February, and then I'm like, we should have public events. And then we had like a legal conversation, and I was like, uh, we can't. Huh. We still have to overcome some hurdles business wise, and so we're all working on the things with, with the checklist to get everything done. And it, it takes a long time, man. It's too bad, you know. It's it's in the real world, you can't just do things. Thank God. Uh, most people learn that these business these business people think like, well, I, I know how to make a business work. They get into government, and then all of a sudden everything sludges up. They don't realize that once you get government involved, it's just like, I could theoretically be like, come on down, and then we'd be shut down in two seconds. So, fortunately. All right, where are we at? Philip Snow says, love the show. Did anyone else see the vaccine concert sponsored by YouTube last week? Talk about serious propaganda. The whole thing was about getting people vaccinated. Even Biden and Kamala were part of it. It's the craziest thing to me because it's weird that you've got everyone advocating for a medication when people should be advised to go and talk to their medical professionals, their doctors. When Donald Trump talked about hydroxychloroquine, they were screaming at the top of their lungs. Like, he's going to get people hurt. Don't do this. The same thing is true for any medication. All of a sudden, they flipped their tune. It's like, oh, now it's fine. Now just ignore. No, 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 no. You go to your doctor. You ask, you ask your doctor what's up because I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, stop treating the politicians, the political class right. as your high priest. Scarrier uh, is at four. Says, good on you for having recoil on. Met two of their guys at a training course. Cool dudes. Get knowledge and skills. You bet. Thanks. P Dog says, if you want a depiction of life without electricity, read the Going Home series by A American. Really makes you think about how people would act. Also, Michael Knowles' book, Speechless, is available for pre-order on Amazon. <laughs> ding! Oh. That dude is going to sell so many books. Yeah, ding. Speechless. They just put it in at the end, and then I have to read it. I love it so much. Doc Locke says, $1,500 Pew Pew device voucher. Take it to the Pew Pew store for your Pew Pew of choice. Yearly 500-round box of ammo for training and supply. Biannual mandatory Pew Pew training. National defense budget. No, I, I, no, no, training, I, don't, I, just, I just agree with. Don't don't ever don't ever put the state in charge of training. Yeah, mm. exactly. When you no. go when you go to the DMV, may, maybe 
if you're going to get a gun from the government, you've got to do a general firing test. Like, yeah, you, like a driving test. Exactly. Like you walk up and you have, you have your handgun and you have your, your AR and they do like some basic range or whatever, some low range, seven yards and what, maybe like 21 for the rifle. And then they test you. And if you are good enough, they're like, you pass. Have a nice day. So you'll have to load the gun. They'll watch you load it. Just make sure you know how. They'll, they'll, you'll have to turn the safety off. Make sure you know how. And then you'll have to hit the target. Yeah, make sure you know I mean, how. that's that's all. They already make you do that in Minnesota for concealed carry or yeah. a permit to carry. So you, but, you go to the DGS, and instead of, like, a driving test, you, just, you, you fill out a little piece of paper, and they, they call you into the range, and then you do a function mm-hmm. test, oh fire, God. and then so there'll be like you, sir, I- have a nice immediate day. failures, like a rolling stop. If you don't stop completely at a stop sign, that's an automatic failure. In a yeah, but you test. can take the test again. Yeah. yeah. So then you're like, okay. So it'd be pretty easy to do. Yeah, I mean, this uh, it does sound like a good idea so long as it's mandatory that the state give out firearms, but right. or, or you know, or like proof of per- proof of proving it over there. I just don't want the state telling me what I can and cannot do when the state can't figure out, you know, everything. Else I think if they're going to they're gonna give you something, mm-hmm. a test isn't a big deal because you always have the choice to go buy one your own. Sure. Mm-hmm. So like, if it's if it's like you want your free gun from the government, you go. To, there's a range there. You got to you know. What's the test to get on welfare? Um, you have to go to the Department of Health and Human Services, and then they ask you a series of questions that you don't, you can lie about. Well, I mean, you can lie about a lot, whatever you want. I mean, if you want to break the law, you can break the law. So sure, yeah. <laughs> but if it's like if you're going to be getting free stuff, you know, I'm just saying piracy is in fashion. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Justin Heasley says, Tim and Forrest, why is the requirement of a firearm training class not necessarily supported by pr- by pro two A personalities? Yeah, I can answer that one. It's because we don't want the state to tell us what is the requirement. Like, so if you're going to come and take a class or if you're going to go get your concealed carry, like, absolutely, that's the bare minimum. So, but you should be pursuing becoming better at something. You should be pursuing taking other classes. Texas uh, requires. But I do not think, I do not, because who determines what the test is? Yeah. Sure. In order to get a gun, you have to sit through eight hours of critical race theory. Yep. Uh. Or... I think it's reasonable that people have a training course, that mm-hmm. they pass a training course in order to get a firearm. Don't mm-hmm. you agree? And they say, yes. Okay. Now, to pass the course, we're going to give you a, a you know, nine millimeter, we're going to give you a Glock, and you got to hit the center of the target at 100 yards. I can't do that. You right get now. one round. Yeah, I can't do that right now. I mean, I can. Um, so it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like, well, if you can't do it, you shouldn't have a gun. Yeah, like, it it can it can be used as a prohibition, right? So li- yeah. a common thing that's said in the uh, that that's used in a, a kind of a, a trendy conversation that people say right now is like, oh well, the 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 history of gun control is rooted in racism. I think this is a bad argument. I get the point, but I think it's a bad argument because the origins of American the American version of of gun control was originally intended to tar- target certain ethnic minorities. The problem wasn't only that it was targeting ethnic minorities, but it actually was also disarming a population. The problem is the disarmament. So the application of one group of people making up a list of rules that you have to meet in order to be like them is wrong. It is fundamentally tyranny to support gun control. All right. We got Andrew J. Gregory says, Tim, saw your blog where you guys were playing music. I'm from MD and would love to jam with you guys. I've played drums on and off since I was 16, 30 year old now. Um, send us an email. All right. We'll just do a couple more. Let's see. Jonathan Duger says, did time in KAF. If Minneapolis is anything like that, leaving is a good choice. Army leads the way. <laughs> Thank you. Hot Dog 400 says, Tim, you bring up a good point. 
get rid of police, bring back local militia. I'm pretty sure the left would agree with that because, well, they probably would because they're lying. But one of the arguments is that community policing, you have cops from outside towns and areas coming in and enforcing the law and not caring about the community. And it's like, okay, local militia. Yeah. Right. Don't make the, uh, the Marxist mistake of an argument of a good assessment of the problem means that you're going to have an excellent solution. Hmm. All right. One more. Aaron says raising Emden geese. And guinea fowl, is that what that GN is? Guinea. Yeah, it's guinea. If everything turns out right, we have entertainment in our backyards. If there's a spike in food prices, we have a self-perpetrating per, uh, fortune in our backyards. There you go. They're also alarm dogs. Yeah. They're loud. Guinea hens? Yeah. They're not very intelligent. No. The chickens, man. Wow. It's, it's hilarious watching these things. They love music. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you were singing them? Yeah, they came over and sat down one by one and then just chilled in front of me and watched. <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched uh, when, I, when I was a kid, we had a dog, and our dog actually called the guinea hens from the neighbor's farm into our property and then ate them. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. I'll cross the highway, yeah. Wow. It would sit there. It was the weirdest thing. Called was, them? It would, it would sit way out in the field, and it would make noise. You could see it barking and making this noise. And then, and then you'd see the skinny hen walk across. The, and what the just heck? It just well, like, that anyway, dog was really, really smart. That's weird. After, uh, after Ian said that, I went out with the guitar and I jammed. And Vanessa walked over and sat down and just like hung out and watched me jam. Yeah, Cows she's, she's going to have a character arc. Yeah. <laughs> I like Vanessa. So I was wrong. She's not mean. Vanessa's I, a chicken. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. I, yes, Vanessa's chicken. Uh, I, I said the other day that she was like being mean. No, I, I was incorrect. What's she yeah. doing? No, she was just... Uh, um, I think I mistook her demands for food to be bullying. Oh. So she, when she would come up and follow me around and stuff, I thought she was, like, getting ready to oh. – turns out she just wanted more stink bugs. All oh. right. Yeah. Vanessa. And then, you know, she's very nice. Vanessa. We have a competitor. Lead the way. My friends, if you have not already, make sure you smash the like button, and you can follow this show on Facebook, facebook.com slash IRL, where we will leverage the network to – if you could share the videos, get more people to go over to TimCast.com, so it's greatly appreciated. We're also on Instagram at TimCastIRL. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m., so of course we're back tomorrow. And uh, did you want to shout anything out for us? Your yeah. social media? So, my, like I said, my personal social media is FoxRowOfficial with an underscore in there. It's really annoying, but it's a pretty casual page. But the bigger thing and the more important thing is follow Recoil Magazine on Instagram. And then if you actually want to, best way to get our magazine is actually to, to subscribe. You can subscribe to it. It's cheaper. It gets delivered to your door. It's discreet. And so, but check out, cool. our, check out our website, recoilweb.com and offgridweb.com. Nice. Cool. And I'm Ian Crossland. You can follow me at iancrossland.net and uh, along social media at Ian Crossland. So thanks for coming. Cool. Yeah. I'm always glad to have an expert in his field on the show with us. And I thank you guys very much for supporting us as Crowder is going through this. This does concern me a lot. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids in my quest to have more followers than Sour Patch Kids. Go over to TimCast.com. Click the members only button. Sign up now because at around 11, we're going to have an exclusive members only segment up with Forrest from Rico Magazine. So thanks for hanging out and we will see you all there. Bye, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.